Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby and my partners Benno and Andy Ogden and uh, lads it's a new year already, how was your Christmas Andy? I mean we spent a lot of time talking about Christmas on the last show and then obviously our appearance on the uh, post uh, the post Christmas show but how, how was Christmas after all? No, Christmas were uh, really good. Got to see uh, the Book of Mormon again for the uh, second time. That was that was enjoyable at the Palace Theatre in Manchester. Back row seat as well, so like looking looking down off a cliff. Uh, <laughs> also went to um, um, a place called Horsforth, just outside of Leeds. It's sort of like um, a village area, but got like a good run of about ten pubs in a row. So had a good pub crawl and just. Brought in the new year with a uh, Jules Holland suit and Annie as ever, and and seeing the free fireworks show outside in the garden, entertaining. Yeah, yeah we always have that where I live because you can see right into the city centre from our back garden, so it's literally pointless us buying any fireworks when you know people are having like thousand pound displays in town and stuff like that. So we always just stand out the back watching them. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Christmas. It was great. So sort of a lot of sort of family and friends. New Year, not so much. Uh, I mean. Working in an hospital, I've been around a lot of people with COVID and I managed to avoid it up until, you know, a couple of days after New Year's Eve, it finally caught up with me and I was down with COVID last week. I mean, Ugh. as far as symptoms go, I was out of breath and felt really weak, you know, thank God for the vaccine and the booster, you know, could have been a lot worse, you know, I know a lot of people had it badly pre-vaccine and it sounded absolutely awful. So, you know, thankfully I didn't suffer too much, but, you know, Back to work now, ready to go, and yeah, just um, it was just weird. Finally, you know, after it's been, it seems like you know, COVID's been around for ages now, doesn't it? And it was just weird, you know, because uh, I have to do a couple of tests every week. It was just weird actually seeing one come out as positive, but you know, luckily, um, I'm over that now. But um, what about you, Benno? How was your um, how was your holiday period and Christmas and New Year and all that good stuff? Yeah, same. Good. I'm glad to hear. It. Yeah, you're on on the mend. Um, it did feel like a period of, of dodging uh, Omicron. Really, everyone, mm. everyone I know feels like uh, came down with it over the Christmas period. But yeah, I had a great uh, kind of run up to Christmas. I watched a lot of, watched just a lot of my favorite Christmas movies. You know, spent a, a nice Christmas uh, day. I was in Belfast for for New Year's, which was nice. A city I've not been to uh, before. I had a had a great little uh, little time there. I had a had a fun New Year, and then yeah, kind of came back and uh, yeah, I've been out and about and uh, in Liverpool and the like, and yeah, found myself at a Brit Rush show at the weekend as well. So that's. So I'm ringing in the uh, the new year, bumping into Andy at a, at, a, at a TNT show in Liverpool. So yeah, starting the new year as I mean to go on, but I try not to let the uh, the January blues hit too hard. But yeah, it was a was a, a great Christmas period. But yeah, now it's uh, it's the worst month of the year. But we'll we'll, we'll we'll all get through it together. I think. You know, nature's healing when uh, Benno's back at uh, <laughs> down the, down the street from where he lives. But um, yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Everyone's sort of like in, you know, got the blues and everything through January. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I'm turning 40 at the end of the month, so I don't know quite how to feel about that. That's um, a big milestone, isn't it? You know, four decades. So, um, you know, we're back starting to feel a bit creakier, you know, the knees <laughs> are uh, packing up a bit already. So we'll see how that goes. But um Later in the show today, we are going to be joined by the uh, mighty JP Houlihan to talk some likely unlikely for 2022 and then the annual get in the bin, you know, the Brit rest therapy that we do every year. And then we're going to be talking other Euro rest from 2021 just to wrap up from last year. Um, 
Firstly, though, before we get into anything, I just want to shout out the professor himself, Chris Ely. I know he's um, he's had a horrific uh, couple of weeks recovering from brain surgery. So all all the love to Chris, Moderna Chris, as some people know him, and all the best wishes in the world to him. And really, he seems to be on a you know a, a good road to recovery, and I can't wait to hear him back doing what he does best on the uh, NWA podcast. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout Chris out there, but. Um, I suppose um, it's an interesting period, this one, isn't it? Between sort of like December and January, there's, there doesn't seem to be usually a great deal going on, but there seems to be a fair bit of news and stuff to catch on, catch up on rather. But um, I suppose the big news as far as, as sort of like Brit rest goes is that Will Ospreay headlined the Tokyo Dome against Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. And um, I know New Japan's not quite the hot ticket at the minute, but, you know, I thought these two had an absolute belter of a match. I mean... Great match last year at Wrestle Kingdom and, you know, when they faced off in Red Pro, but this was absolutely fantastic. I know, you know, people might be down on the Okada formula, but I'm not bothered, especially when you know you're going to get such a brilliant ending stretch. I think they're really, really good opponents for each other, some spectacular stuff in this, and I was absolutely loving it. I know I know, it's been talked a lot on podcasts this week, um, you know, around the world, but, I mean, Andy, how did you feel about this main event of uh, Wrestle Kingdom with Osprey and Okada? Um, to, to be honest, with Wrestle Kingdom, I had really much interest in it uh, this year. Um, but the Okada the, the Osprey match, I thought it, it just reminded me of uh, Peter Wright and Michael Smith in the World Darts Championship final over Christmas, just going like <laughs> leg, leg for leg, and he's just waiting for the other uh, waiting for the opponent to slip up because everything during this match, like move for move, was just perfect. Just. They had just great chemistry between the, between the two of them. One of the things I thought that was crazy with the uh, Will Ospreay moonsault off like the uh, oh, yeah. like the light rigging. You just you, there's not much error for ju- judgment for error there, is there? And he hit it perfectly. Um, I think I went about four four point seven five on grapple. I know there's been a lot of five stars thrown about for it. Maybe the only thing to take it down for me was my own personal interest in like New Japan at the moment and the crap the clap crowd takes it down a bit but nah excellent match and to be honest putting it on uh, the belt on a card is just a safe pair of hands for the for the company to get through a you know quite a rough period for him. Yeah yeah definitely I mean I definitely watching it live at the time like I got up early for both the Wrestle Kingdom days and it was a bit like I was almost willing myself to enjoy it. I was almost driven by nostalgia of, no, this is what you do January 4th and 5th now. You get up in the morning, you know, you get yourself a, a Greg's or a, maybe sell some sausage and toast this year. I was a, you know, expensive <laughs> Christmas season. So, you know, I had, to be, I had to be careful with the money. But, you know, I was kind of getting myself up in the mood, trying to like get myself going. And it was like almost like, a, I don't know, yeah, me trying to whip myself into a shoot that I was excited for Wrestle Kingdom because I wasn't. And the first day was rough. Like it was rough. Like there was some awful stuff on the, the undercard there um the second day's undercard was it was a bit better but even then it's still hard you know two full days of these four hour shows is uh and well a third day to come as well as is a is a lot really um, but i think it says everything about yeah the quality of the main events that you know like andy said there despite it being in front of a clap crowd which does give a ceiling to these matches you know okada shingo on on day one was incredible and yeah to the point you know okada osprey was was incredible too i probably put the uh the shingo match just a, a nudge 
head for me personally, but I think most people, as Andy referenced there with Grapple, do seem to be leaning towards the uh, the second match, even if there's very, very little in it at, uh, at press time. But yeah, I, I love them both. And yeah, this match was great. And it was just, you know, as Andy said there, the, the chemistry between Okada and Osprey is off the charts. There were moments in this match where you almost forgot that it was a clap crowd because the crowd couldn't help but you know who and are you know particularly that uh, that moonsault andy mentioned on the outside and a couple of the other big spots and you know those that last 15 minutes of you know big move exchanges and encounters is you know it's where okada's bread is buff buttered and as far as coming up with creative different stuff and creative different counters osprey's right there with them so yeah my heart was in my mouth for uh, for those moments in the match and maybe the, the one thing this match did have it over the other uh, shingo match the night before is i did start to genuinely believe osprey might win which is crazy you know considering you know mm. osprey came into new japan as a relatively unknown junior you know obviously we knew him uh, and Brits who have followed the Brit scene closely did but you know you know, a lot of uh, Americans and uh, you know Westerners in general and you know native Japanese people were, were, were just kind of learning who Osprey was you know five years ago and here we are now and he's uh, yeah one of the one of the top guys in the company and you could legitimately see him walking out of Wrestle Kingdom day two with the belt so yeah I think that says everything but yeah might have been a might have been a five star match with a with a with a proper crowd but they still did the best job they, they could I think with the uh, given the situation and uh, yes yeah, so despite some of my other misgivings about Osprey the character um, the actual <laughs> match itself was was top level and uh, showed that he can be a top level New Japan guy yeah, I'm not in love with uh, Osprey's character or his faction. I mean, more on that in a, in a bit. But um, as, as far as him moving forward, Benno, I mean, obviously, he's coming back to the UK for a, a brief stint, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But where do you see him going? Do you, do you think he's, he's coming back, uh, you know, for the, uh, for the New Japan Cup, maybe a feud with someone else, or does he come back and he's straight into another feud with Okada and in the title belt picture? Uh, potentially because i think they seem to be doing you know the okada naito thing again because you know new japan can't help but not capitalize on even the minimal excitement coming out of wrestle kingdom by just going back to the drawing board and doing something we've all seen a million times before um but yeah i could see osprey back in the mix um it'll definitely be i mean that, that's the big thing it would definitely be in new japan i can't see osprey going anywhere else over the next uh couple of years i don't see him popping up in AEW. i don't see WWE having interest i think he's going to be a bit of a bit of a new japan life out over these next couple of years but yeah this this tends to be the the ghetto pattern of you know osprey had his kind of run early in the year but it, you know despite everything, despite COVID and you know, the situation with the belts and him having to be stripped, I don't think it was going to be a long run anyway. Um, I think Osprey's real run comes later. Um, and that was part of why I thought maybe it was coming after this uh, after this Wrestle Kingdom. But I do think it'll happen in 2022 and I think he'll get a, a proper go with the belt. Um, hopefully it'll come at a time when you know, uh, people can actually uh, attend shows properly again and, and we can get proper crowds at New Japan shows so we don't have people trying to blame Osprey for the, uh, the you know, the, the bad attendances, particularly the uh, the day two attendance over this Wrestle Kingdom uh, weekend. Um, that was because it was on January 5th, not just because it was uh, it was Osprey, everyone. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe you'll get us, the delay might be a good thing. Maybe you'll get a shot at a time when, yeah, you know, the crowds are a little bit more back to normal and we can we can see what Osprey, legitimate New Japan, main event act uh, can actually do 
Yeah, because he had a brief flirtation, didn't he, going to America at the tail end of last year? And obviously, you know, we all seen we have seen certain New Japan stars appearing in AEW, and Osprey said that he's just New Japan; he won't be, you know, opening any forbidden doors. But could you see him having um, an odd match in AEW? Because obviously, he's done like House of Glory and things like that, Andy. Could you see him, you know, having, you know, maybe a maybe facing off against Kenny Omega again or, or a Brian Danielson on AEW TV? Well, there's, there's still that MLW thing still in the pipeline, isn't there, for, uh, for, this, for this year coming. So maybe it's worth something around that if he is working that company. But you can see the odd appearance here and there, more than likely on New Japan Strong than, um, than AEW from an American side of things for me. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. Yeah, Strong does seem like the more likely place that he's going to be doing matches, doesn't he, in the US? But um, I suppose Osprey won't be able to lick his wounds for too long as he's headed back to the UK for Red Pro's first York Hall event of the year on the 29th of January. But before we get into that, because he's, he's not the only Brit returning from excursion abroad this month, because uh, Gabriel Kidd, who hasn't had much play on this show, but he, he seems to be have, he had decent showings when we've seen him as a young boy on New Japan cards. And had a match this week that generated um, a small amount of buzz from um, a recent New Japan Strong Show in the US against Eddie Kingston. Now, you know, we're not going to be talking about this as match of the year contender, but as far as a, a 12-minute match goes, it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. These two just beating the shit out of each other, you know, uh, chop exchanges, suplex exchanges, and just a really enjoyable match. I mean, uh, did you have a chance to check this one out, Andy? Yeah, no, I did. I um, actually watched it yesterday morning, about half past six, uh, just before I rolled out my pit. Uh, but <laughs> no, I've seen the buzz online about it. I thought, oh no, I'll give it a watch. I've I've seen Gabriel uh, many times on the Brit Rest scene, and it's uh, it's just um, nice to see how he's actually doing. And yeah, no, re- really good, really good match. Uh, I think I went three point seven five on grapple for, for it, and. I've got to say, Gabriel Kidd, the the shape he's got himself into, mm. um, like since we seen him on the on the on the Brit wrestling, it's just like from phenomenal, phenomenal. But no, no, it's just great to see him doing well. I, I was, I'm, I am surprised though. He's actually coming back to the UK for a month. I'm I'm quite surprised at that because. He'd sort of done everything he could on the mm. on the scene over here. Whereas um doing the like a, a stint in the US for quite a few months is something different different for him to do. But I'm happy to see he's doing well, the lad. It's like yeah. you say though, he looks the absolute business now, doesn't he? I remember seeing him on the um, what culture and sort of like defiant and things like that and thinking, Oh yeah, he's all right, but he, he ain't quite got it for me. But yeah, he seems like um, you know, quite a different wrestler now, Benno. Yeah, and this is the best, you know, I think I've uh, I've seen of him really. I mean, it's not even a match you can really break down, is it? It was just it was two lads hitting each other really hard, you know, back and forth. And, you know, there was a lot of creativity there as far as which tricks they use and the like. But other than that, it was kind of just a, a your turn, my turn kind of just real fight. Um, it felt like a legitimate brawl. It felt like a like a 
legitimate banger. Like for me, it's I gave it four stars. Um, you know, and I I was hard pressed to give anything on Wrestle Kingdom four stars other than the two main events. So it was better than any of those undercards. And that's you know Gabriel Kidd considering you know his level in there. In the, in the New Japan system, that says everything, really. Also says everything about, you know, how great Eddie Kingston is in this period and how he's having mm. these great little matches. I believe there's a great little um, Joey Janela match on, I think, on Dark of all places um, this week, too. He's having a, a quiet little run, but, yeah, I can't say enough. It, it's just much must-watch stuff. It's what you say it is on the tin. It's how we're describing it, like I say, just two lads having a war and going out there and, and trying to kill each other. But, yeah, there's just a... You know, there's something special about this one. And yeah, despite it not being in front of the hottest crowd, despite it being on New Japan Strong with some of the worst uh, commentary in, in North American wrestling, <laughs> it, it really it really stood out. Um, and yeah, it was a, a great advert for, for Gabriel Kidd, really, in a, you know, at a time where not just him, there's a lot of guys on that New Japan Strong um, roster that would certainly make New Japan proper a lot more interesting place. But it just made me yes, want to see more of him, want to see more of him in, uh, in RevPro going forward. And yeah, want to see him get a few more opportunities on there uh, on probably New Japan cards. Yeah, I think it might have been John Cena that said, like, um, he was the first person I saw recommend this match. And he said, you know, if it, this had been on a bigger show, then it would have been getting a lot more buzz than it is. But definitely worth going and checking out, especially if you've got a, you know, a New Japan World subscription. You know, easy 12 minutes uh, to watch uh, flies by. So definitely recommend checking that out. But yeah, as, um, as we did know earlier, Gabriel Kidd and Will Ospreay are making their returns to... Uh, to the UK this month. They're both going to be on Red Pro's York Hall show, High Stakes, on January the 29th. And then we've got a pretty full card announced so far. Will Ospreay defending the Red Pro heavyweight title against Michael Oku. Uh, Gabriel Kidd taking on Francesco Akira. We've got Shota Umino against Yota Suji. Ricky Knight Jr. against Luke Jacobs. And Alex Windsor defending a women's title against Charlie Evans, who's someone else who's uh, made a return to the UK recently. And Really good looking lineup, I think. There, it's all. I mean, it's all about that Osprey Oku main event for me, uh, Andy. I, I mean, they had a cracking match in Southampton uh, last year. Uh, Oku's a real bright spark in the Brit wrestling that I don't feel like enough people are talking about, and it should be a an awesome main event. Yeah, uh, that that match in Southampton that we reviewed on the show was yeah re- really good. I think it was about thirty minutes, thirty minutes long mm. that one. Um, no, I, I'm really looking forward to going down to, to your call to see this match. I think even after the last your call show, there was like an anticipation in the crowd, like, whoa, this is, I can't, I can't wait to get my ticket for this show. Um, I'm, I'm sort of thinking that I'd like to see Oku actually win it, like yeah. for something different, but then again, who, who have you got next if Will Ospreay does win? It's another match with uh, Ricky Knight Jr. You don't know, they might actually do like a bloody time limit draw because I've seen Ospreay did mention something about time mm. in his uh, in, in one of his tweets this week. So they might go for that. I hope, I hope to be honest, I hope they get it done before eight o'clock. I've got to get back home to Manchester. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, apart, apart from that, it, it looks a more stacked card than the one um, than the last York Hall show. Ricky Knight Jr. and Luke Jacobs should be a banger. That that'll probably be the halftime main event. Um, Charlie Evans and Alex Windsor. Wow, that should be good. Um, I think they're doing Sunshine uh, Machine against Aussie Open as well for tag titles. Wow, <laughs> get your <laughs> ticket now. 
it's a it's a really really strong card. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we kind of bemoan the the last year call show as you know, as far as Osprey Chota Rumino is a real money drawer in main event. And you know, people might roll their eyes at well, is Osprey Oku that much of an upgrade? Yes, it is. You know, if anyone's seen their their show their match from the the two two nine, you kind of know what we're in for here. Um, and it's also you know something that you know like the Umino one has been organically built, but. Obviously, you know, Oku at this stage in his career for me is twice the, twice the rest of the show through Mano is. I don't mind saying that. And he's showing yeah. twice the, the potential show through Mano is. Um, I, I don't think I put the belts on him. I think this is just a nice little defense for, for Osprey more than anything. But, you know, the fact that Oku's in the mix and feels credible in that mix does say everything. And yeah, I think the difference about this show as well is, you know, that's a, that's a strong main event. We can expect a, a great match out of. But as you both said there, it's sound. The card that looks particularly strong, you know, they've struggled with the women's division you know bringing Charlie in is a is a great you know idea um, for for her to come in and give her a bit of depth yeah Sunshine Machine and, and Aussie Hoopin has got to be a, a good match too and I think for me the, the pick of that undercard you know just just raved about it. Gabriel Kidam in uh, Akira is like a, an inter-promotional inter, inter um, New Japan versus All Japan type thing is intriguing but RKJ and, uh, and Luke Jacobs on that on that just feels like a very 2022 this is what Brit Res should be match you know in a in a Brit Res where there are a lot of samey looking cards out there and there's a lot of you know similar stuff happening up and down the country it's hard to kind of come up with fresh exciting matches at least of you know including you know people who actually want to see wrestling just not a load of meme wrestlers this is a fresh exciting match you know RKJ after his year in in Red Pro in 2021 and you know it's sad what's happened to poor Ethan but Luke's you know as a single star has got all of the potential in the world seeing them there as like either a first half kind of closing match or you know high on the cards in the in the second half of the card I think is gonna I think that's gonna steal the show there I think if anything that is the Almost, I'm going to be in you know in the area anyway, so I'll be going to the show either way. But to me, that's almost the draw more than the main events. I want to see what those two can do because I think that's the match we're all going to walk away talking about. Yeah, it certainly is a really, really tasty card, and you just hope that because um, there have been some your call shows that have looked tasty on paper and not quite lived up to it, have they? But it certainly looks like that one will live up to it. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, checking that one out. But. Not to be outdone by New Japan or anybody else on the week of Wrestle Kingdom. WWE made a few releases this past week. Um, first up was, um, from our perspective, was Tony Storm, you know, because obviously, even though she's Australian, you know, quite synonymous with the British wrestling scene over here for quite a while with progress and the like. Um, thoughts on Tony's release and uh, where she could end up, Benno? Yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds like it's it's one she asked for herself. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I don't think Tony Storm is like this well beater, but I certainly think she's of the standard of the majority of you know that WWE roster, especially you know considering how bare bones the uh, the women side of things are right now. I think there's there's almost more women just in NXT UK than there is in Raw and SmackDown combined right now. Like that might sound like an exaggeration, but I think the difference is only like four women, something like that. If you include Raw and SmackDown, there's certainly more than each of the individual brands. So yeah, she's someone that, that should have shined. Somebody we all, you know, even though there's been moments where maybe we've definitely been on the show, been a little bit critical of Tony and thought, you know, maybe, you know, the potential has always been there. And then, she goes to a big show and has a 3.25 star match with Ginny. Like, how many times did we see that? 
Mm. The way, though, you know, from people who watch NXT closely, you know, saying that there were signs of uh, of improvements in her there. But I think the, the main thing about Tony is that she felt like a marketable, charismatic, can't miss star. And such is the WWE machine in uh, 2021 and 2022 that, of course, they missed. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a miss for them. Good for her for, you know... In a, in a in a world where people are getting released, just the fact that she's gone to them and, and asked asked to get out and has done her on her own, own terms, good for her. I don't really see it popping up anywhere. This feels like one for me where maybe she wants a break from wrestling because um, yeah. don't really see an obvious home unless you know unless she is planning to go back to Japan and, and do stardom again and wants to wants to you know get back in, involved. Um, over there, not to talk too much about her personal life, you know, but can, considering uh, dating the um, the former uh, Juice uh, Robinson, you know, maybe, maybe that's a, a plan for them. Um, but yeah, I don't, AW should pick her up, but something about it feels like that's maybe not the plan here. I feel like maybe she's, you know, they do to be allowing her to leave says maybe there's more going on and maybe it's more of a personal thing than having an immediate landing spot. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I agree with you there, Ben. Oh, yeah, if she's asked for a release and they've, and they've given it to her. And, you know, it's like you say, you know, in days gone by, she'd seem like someone would be all about, you know, with the look and everything like that. But, um, yeah, it certainly seems like it's some it's something where she just wants to take a, a full break from wrestling, Andy. Yeah, I'd sort of echo them thoughts as well. My, my initial thought when they, when it did say that she got released like bloody hell like a market a marketer's dream um tony storm mm. um but like her nx nxt run um they start sort of started her out as a baby face and then as ever with wwe it's like oh that hasn't worked pal um yeah. gotta turn turn her heel and then she did all right in that run sent her off to smackdown put her on for a week and then left her off for like two or two or three months like What's that? What's happened to Tony Storm? And then suddenly, oh, you can have a one-month push with Charlotte, and yeah, it's a very, a very strange room. Um, I thought myself, but Miss, I, I do sort of maybe see her turning up in Stardom for maybe a couple of months because they maybe need a bit, a few more like international talent um, in that company. I would say, um, from a US standpoint, I think. Less AEW, more impact. They all seem to turn up in impact. So <laughs> that's where Tony might end up. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what she does next. But um, she wasn't the only one getting, you know, also getting his P45 was none other than William Regal, who's, you know, obviously been heavily involved with signing a lot of talent to WWE the past few years, famous in our circle for his uh, no restrictions on talent signed with NXT UK line and interview. And Benno, as John Pollock said on the Christmas show, you haven't found a Twitter controversy that you won't stick a target to yourself for. You had um, a lot of fun interactions with William Regal fans this week, didn't you? <laughs> Look, you know, everyone should try being the main character on Twitter once <laughs> once, once in your lifetime. Um, no, like, I mean, <laughs> I won't get into it too much here, but yes, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, think, I think we all... We all, as British fans, have fond memories of of Regal as you know the, you know the GM and you know the mm. baby smashed and him drinking piss and all of the other funny stuff. Um, 
And I think people maybe, maybe conflate that a little bit with these memories of him having all these great matches. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're quite there. Uh, was kind of what the caused that that kickoff on Twitter. Did I put? Did they put it in a in maybe a less than a, than a, <laughs> maybe in a provocative way? Maybe, maybe. But yeah, I, I do feel like uh, as I put the uh, the challenge out there to lots of people. I think naming five great William Regal matches is a especially from like the heart of his career and not cheating and using uh, post retirement mm-hmm. matches. I think is a is a t- more difficult task than, uh, than some people give credit for but yeah we're going to be doing a, a mixtape on it and on grapple this week where we look at uh, some of these uh, these highly rated uh, regal matches I know you've got great memories haven't you Martin of his uh, TNT, t- TNT TNT um, TV title run um, from back in the day you know we'll be uh, jumping into those and uh, you know oh, all those classic matches remember them <laughs> oh yeah those uh, <laughs> snooze fests oh god yeah I remember 11 12 years old trying to watch them and just being like oh my god when Sting and Vader coming on <laughs> Exactly. We we live through it, Martin. That's the difference. We live. We don't just not just on reputation. You know, this immediate gut reaction is this. Like honestly, if 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 anyone wants uh, an idea, I wasn't talking about you know the DVDR posters who can pull out five Finley matches that they just really enjoyed that are probably three star matches in front of silent crowds. Oh, with the little technical things they did great. You guys can have your fun. It's, you know, everyone's, there's a Scoobius Pip um, clip out there this week where he, he really struggles to, to go, oh, you know, you just forget all the great matches you had, did you? Or did they not take place? Um, that is a, that is a question. Um, but anyway, I'll leave him alone. Um, but yeah, the, obviously it's a, it's a big story, isn't it? The fact that, you know, he's been this pipeline to indie talent and UK talent and yeah, you know, we've got, Definitely a bit a bit bitter towards him as far as you know what happened with NXT UK and the mm. WWE UK scene, but like yeah, all of the wrestlers who who benefited from him being that pipeline, who got their their jobs like you know Pete Dunne and the and the like, you know that that is that is something that that's you know for better or worse uh, gone now, and I think yeah, it just creates more doubt for me as to the, the viability of uh, of NXT UK and WWE's real interest in uh, in this scene or at least wrestlers at that level. Yeah, because you see, um, obviously, a lot of wrestlers were tweeting out, and I've tweeted out before about, you know, how Regal was a big supporter of theirs backstage or really helped them out or was great with advice and things like that. And it certainly seems that, you know, um, that period in, in NXT is over with, the, you know, the likes of Regal and your you Robbie Brookside and stuff and that whole, uh, you know, that whole thing they were going for there. But um, as far as like, is were you surprised, Andy, when they did release him, or could you have seen this coming? With the, you know, it seems to be this whole shift in power from Triple H's crew back over to sort of like Bruce Pritchard and the like in NXT. Um, I've got to say myself, I was surprised that he'd um, he got he got released. I thought I thought he was he was definitely alive for there, but he's just sort of like guilty by association at the moment with the NXT lot. Mm. If you're associated with being signed by Triple H or being one of his mates, you're out on your ass. To be honest, though, I was doing a little jig around the uh, living room when I saw Road Dog got released, fucking uh, punching the air for that that asshole going. Um, <laughs> But he'll see Hickenbottom in the Alamo uh, show one day again. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of them. You, you can see the writings on the wall. The writings on the wall for all the uh, the old the old heads in the old NXT. Can't you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and certainly he's not going to be, I don't think, short of offers. He'll probably sort of like hang out a bit and sort of like see what's on the table. And I can certainly see him sort of like 
you know, being a consultant for places or, you know, people bringing him in for yeah. a couple of shows and, you know, him being sort of like the older head backstage and offering advice and things like that. So, and he certainly, well, well, I don't know with the way they go with the signing these days, would it, you know, he could certainly do a lot of seminars about how to get a WWE contract, but I suppose even now <laughs> that might be, you know, out the window with things like that. But I'm sure he'll certainly have a, a plenty of work offers and things like that. But um, someone else sort of like, you know, sort of in our wheelhouse, I know he's American, but, you know, obviously he's synonymous with WXW and, and Walter and the like is Tim Thatcher. I mean, no big surprise, I don't think, Benno, because he seemed like an odd signing to begin with. But um, surely we can see him in the likes of New Japan Strong or, you know, back in WXW or certainly over Mania Weekend at, at Bloodsport type shows. I really hope so, because he is... He's someone who should just never been in that WWE system, should he? Like at the end of the day, like we all have got some ironic love out of the uh, the fight pit. Uh, remember those when he did a couple of those matches on NXT? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was also synonymous with sinking the uh, the quarter out on NXT uh, when he was out there. Tim Thatcher's style is uh, is not for everyone, and never really seemed geared to the audience. He feels like you know. I'm trying to, you know, the, the regal stuff. I'll, I'll stay away from it, but I think, you know, he, he is definitely someone who I think I think Thatcher is someone who Regal's definitely convinced to go there. Like I think without Regal, Thatcher doesn't go to WWE. And I do think some of those those Regal hires were, were people who were never gonna, never ever gonna, you know, shine in within the WWE system. Thatcher would have been much better off. You know, I suppose those offers weren't coming his way, but you know, trying to get into uh, Japan and like maybe the fact, you know, that there was no Japanese inf- um, interest was part of the reason he ended up signing that WWE deal. Because I did hear from a couple of people that maybe he was, you know, thinking of wrapping things up if that WWE deal didn't happen. So maybe we can hope that maybe the the positive comes that maybe with that light being shined on him maybe he's more on a new Japan's radar. Maybe like you say, yeah, he can do a strong, he can go to Japan when things open up, he can offer something different to, you know, an MLW or even to be honest, uh, you hate to do this for everyone who leaves or even an AEW. Again, you know, AEW got a very specific style for the motion, but it's starting to change, you know, with the likes of Danielson um, turning up there that, that they could do with a few more of those types of wrestlers uh i think it would be a better fit than uh, the wwe for someone of a, a thatcher's style um to be honest the main thing is yeah i just hope he continues to wrestle i hope this means we get him for, for carrot this year i think the time for that was is pretty perfect if, oh, yeah. if that can happen um i mean yeah if they've still got that bedroom for him in the uh, in the academy maybe we can uh, set that back up and uh and tim's house can ride again and um, that's hopefully the happy ending that we've got on. And I just, yeah, I hope we're getting that rather than them uh, disappearing as he's threatened to in the past. And also, it can spice up things like, you know, if he is allowed to travel over to Europe, Andy, it can spice up things like, you know, these, uh, you know, progress with the new owners and stuff. Bring it, it seems that, you know, whatever relationship they've got with WWE progress, that they're quite happy for them to use sort of like, genuine independent talent who haven't got a connection with anywhere else you know we've seen them bringing jonathan gresham in and it, you know it certainly spice up these progress shows if they were to bring tim thatcher back wouldn't it oh yeah he'll add a, like an extra 10 or 20 uh tickets on the on the door certainly um personally myself it, it'd be a very good fit for for new japan strong I would say more than more than AEW. I, I think what lets Thatcher down for me personally, it's more the personality side of things. Wrestling side is is brilliant, but I think there's people in AEW who 
got that technical style of wrestling, but they've also got a bit of personality about them. I think that's where uh, Thatcher maybe struggles for me. Mm, yeah, you'd have to match it up with sort of like a manager or something like that, or maybe putting him in a faction, but then that might yeah. ruin the sort of like, you know, this lone warrior sort of gimmick. But yeah, it'd certainly be interesting seeing back over here in Europe, and certainly we need people like him, you know, you know, to spice up the Brit- British wrestling scene. But I suppose I mentioned progress there, and over Christmas we did get the news that progress has been sold to new owners, and we covered the initial news and instant reaction with uh, me, Andy, and Will Cooling that you can find on the British Wrestling Experience feed. But Benno, just quickly, what was your initial reaction to the new owners and the shows are going to be running the Electric Ballroom in London on the 23rd of January, and then it has been revealed that they're going to be doing the O2 Ritz in Manchester on the 6th of Feb, you know, two venues progress have run a lot before for the london show we've got axel tisher against dean Allmark, gene money against kid lycos charlie evans against lana rostin and and a few other things announced uh karen or against chris ridgeway from manchester you know uh, as i noted then they've got jonathan gresham appearing um just thoughts on the cards and new owners you know it just seemed like these shows are very similar to the no fan shows we've seen on the wwe network for the past year yeah it's <laughs> It's what we bought was kind of my initial reaction. I was, uh, it was great that uh, that breaking news audio you guys did. I was literally sat there on a plane ready to uh, to fly to Belfast. Nice little <laughs> thirty minute flight that fit in perfectly with that podcast drop. and managed to uh, to download it before the plane got too high and I lost signal. So worked out great. Um, but yeah, my reaction was quite similar to you guys. Really, just that I don't really know what they bought. I, I don't get it. Um, like I will say, you know, cards on the table. You know, Paul Benson is someone um, I know and I've had dealings with, no relation. Um, Lee Bakatier is someone who I'll, you know, friendly with, who I'll say hello to shows and the uh, and the like. And they're both smart blokes, you know, who've had success in their various, you know, areas. You know, you look at like a, a Lee Bakatier, who's kind of the lead name here, you know, in the, the wrestling travel stuff, for whatever you want to say about that, or wrestling CRB that caused all that controversy, you know, a while ago. They were well-run successful businesses and you know particularly with wrestling travel one that he, you know he, he then sold off and uh and moved on so these aren't stupid people and they are people you know that, that i expect will sort from a business point of view have a plan here but i still don't know what they bought um, i mean mm. progress as far as a brand i feel like is is very much in the mud um you know it's not like it's not the progress of instant sellouts a couple of years ago you know, they, they put these tickets on sale for these shows and they haven't, you know, there are front row tickets still available. I'm pretty sure that they record, or at least the way the last, last check. Do you think that's maybe the price, though? I mean, um, they Could went on that. sale at £40 and I thought they'd sold out immediately, but then I realised they put tickets no. on hold for it. Was it Progress Fan Club members or people? That was it, yeah. yeah. And they've you all been released now, haven't they? Yeah, you would have thought that would clear them out and it didn't. So that tells you something. That should give them pause. Progress as a, an international brand, I think there's more to it. You know, you talk to an American who's maybe not as familiar with speaking out and all the different issues we've had in this country, and just I think even pre-speaking out, really, how dead Progress was, was as a brand. Remember those random shows where like Chris Brooks was in in main events and the adult, you know, kind of half dead crowds in Birmingham and the like. It was it wasn't wasn't looking pretty before even all that. For like an international audience, though, I suppose, yeah, there is that little bit of brand equity. There is the WWE um, network deal. You know, they have been touted not that they are the one um, British, well, English promotion that's on the WWE network, along with ICW from Scotland. So, you know, maybe they see that as a a great avenue. But 
I just, the more I look at it, the more I think, I don't know, you know, if I had that money, would I not just start my own thing? You know, um, it's that, that, that is kind of way. Connections as well. You've got to imagine they've got a lot of connections and things yeah. like that, especially, in, with, you know, they seem to have their, you know, hands in a lot of pies, don't they? That's it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Gareth made the point on, on grapple that, you know, there's marketing reasons and, you know, other reasons why, you know, you might want to just start with a, with something like a progress that's, that's already got, you know, some of these things baked in, um, as far as mailing lists and the like, but yeah, it's just odd as well. Cause like these cards, I mean, I'm, ex- I will go to the Manchester one, I think just out of curiosity, really, and to, to report back on this podcast, and Gresham being there is probably the most interesting thing. But you look at those London lineups and it's just a bit like, huh. so we're carrying on from the NT arena here, really. Mm-hmm. Then it's a very similar roster. The press release compared, you know, made the mistake of listing all these classic progress wrestlers, you know, your, your Pete Dunn's and your Ospreys of the world. And then there was a, and then there was a list of the, uh, the current talent, which was nowhere near as, as impressive. Uh, the continuing on with the, you know, the chapter formats that I think was a mistake even when, the old progress went on on WWE Network, and that just kind of makes you think you know, it's not really that exciting. Even the branding stayed the same; they haven't changed the logo or or any of that either. So, yeah, I've got got re- got real mixed feelings on on how much of a success this can be. And I just I can't help but come away from this and just think the most the man I, I, I'm most uh, impressed by here is John Briley, play the blinder, as mm-hmm. uh, as Will rightly said on that breaking news podcast. You guys did these; he's he, he is probably recognised as a live events business, and we saw that over the last year in progress. You know, even when other people would tend to return to live events, they didn't bother. It feels dead. You know, it feels like the days of being able to draw that many people. You know, that you're six to seven to eight hundreds. Um, you know, to the ballroom and to and to, to the Ritz is are gone, and the glory days are well behind us. So he's probably sold at a profit. You know, gone off into walked off into the sunset, and I think he's going to look smelling like roses. And I think yeah, the the new the new people in charge are going to have a, a real uphill battle. Yeah, it's going to be really telling the crowds for those first two shows. I mean, Andy, I'm tempted to go to that uh, Manchester one just because obviously it's local at the weekend and, you know, just to see what's going on. I mean, they're quite high ticket prices, aren't they, um, compared to a a lot of other British wrestling? Is that a show that you are considering attending? Yeah, um, I'll be going just because it's it's local as well. Um, It's only like twenty minutes on the train for me. But some of that I said on the uh, on that breaking news podcast that you you're paying like twenty two, twenty four quid to watch progress on the Sunday when you can probably see a lot of the same wrestlers the next day at catch for twelve and a half, fifteen quid Mm -hmm. for cheaper. a lot of people will go to catch instead. But one, I will, I will say though, for the the London show for the cards, one thing that progress did got get called out for like a few year ago, like the Smallman era and all that was the lack of women's matches. It was always derided as the second match on the show every time. They've actually got three matches on yeah. um, this time, which. You know, you've got to say that they're doing more with their women's division than what um, Red Pro are with their talk, their talking one women's match to show on. True. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fair point there, Andy. But it will be interesting to see if this is a success for them or whether they can turn it around, get, you know, get that brand back up and running again. It'll certainly be an interesting story to mm. to follow all year. But, um, Moving away from progress and on to uh, Walter, who, who, as we talked on a couple of shows ago, made his return to WXW at their 21st anniversary show on the 18th of December. His, his last appearance was um, at 16 Carat in 2020, and he faced off against Cara Noir. And 
obviously, this was never going to be a patch on his big match from 2021 with Ilya Dragunov from NXT, but still a very good match, quite a long one, coming in at just under 40 minutes. I mean, it was Walter dominating a lot of the match with his, his usual offense, uh, you know, with Kara fighting from underneath and Walter eventually winning and leaving the crowd by saying that him and the likes of Axel Dieter Jr. built something for the next generation rather than themselves. And, you know, they're happy with what they built here. Um, so on, on, on thoughts on the match and, and Walter's speech here, do you think it was, um, do you think it was him saying goodbye to sort of WXW forever or just um, a see you later, Andy? Um, he might turn up for the, the odd appearance. Um, I think myself, but the the, the match, um, I did say, I said to Ben over the weekend, it felt like, because um, he had a, he had a match at a carrot weekend against uh, Shigeru Irie, and it just like felt, oh yeah, oh it's Walter turning up for a match. It 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 didn't really feel out special. I, I know there was a lot of reports saying, oh like it's one of the best matches in recent time at WXW and. I was like, eh, it's three and a half stars. That's all it is. <laughs> good, good. We look like Walter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's... that's... Name, me five, name me five great Walter matches. There you go. <laughs> no, um, Chris Jericho to open WrestleMania 17. Oh, wait, no, Chris Jericho gave that two and a half stars. <laughs> um, anywho, um, no. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's the thing. Walter has had a million matches like this and a million better yeah. matches really it did feel like he was on those jollies didn't it like I, I think that's the answer to the question as well does Walter come back to WXW and it'll be yeah when he's back for Christmas like yeah or you know he's back visiting the family or whatever I think he's gonna do the odd the odd, the odd match and yeah it didn't feel like he was super he might have been in real life but it didn't feel like he was super motivated to, to be there Karnawar is someone who, yeah, maybe part of it is that I've lost a bit of interest in him. Like, God, man, when he was the hottest thing in Brett Res and, you know, other than progress, what else does he do? Um, and, you know, most of us aren't, aren't see it, haven't seen much of that with the MT Arena uh, era, and that gimmick doesn't really translate very well to the MT Arena issue um, whatsoever. But, yeah, I mean, I, think I thought he looked okay in the match, but didn't didn't hugely impress me. Yeah, I feel like Andy. It didn't just. It wasn't a match that left a great impression on me. It was, uh, I think, three and a half stars as as fair. And we've all seen, you know, big Walter matches a, a star or more above that. Really, it just you know, didn't feel like the the big send off that maybe you would uh, expect for a for a Walter at least as far as the the in room portion of it went. I think I enjoyed it a lot more as well because, like, we have seen, you know, these clap crowds and quiet crowds and stuff like that. And it was interesting to see sort of like a Euro match with a decent atmosphere. But I know it wasn't like, That's you know. That's true. Yeah, I, it wasn't. I, I will say one thing, Martin, and I mentioned this on Twitter, that the presentation of WXW still to this day, it just shits mm. all over anything uh, Brit Rest produces. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best. Definitely. Yeah, it seems like I enjoyed it a lot more than you guys, but we are recording this on Wednesday and he is due to have a match against Nathan Fraser on NXT UK as his NXT UK swan song uh, before enough to NXT 2.0. I mean, how do you think he's going to fare, Benno? I'm sure he can have some bangers against Brom Brecker, but, you know, other than, you know, what's the ceiling for him? I can't see him you know, having these classic matches on main roster, I mean, he's not going to be facing Brock Lesnar anytime soon, I don't think. No, that's it. People writing off down these dream matches of 
got to wake up. Like, you know, come, how many times could this company disappoint you? You know, when Daniel, Daniel Bryan, the best wrestler of our mm. generation, came back from a career-ending injury and people had these big lists. Oh, he's going to have this great match with, you know, with, 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 he's going to be working all these undercard wrestlers. He's going to be working Chad Gable. And he's going to have all... None of it happened. And if it did happen, it was shite. Um, this is the thing with them. I was almost glad to see what Stokely Hathaway is now. Malcolm Bivens cut that promo on NXT 2.0 where he's kind of laid the challenge out for Walter, which tells you where Walter's landed, which is interesting mm-hmm. considering what NXT 2.0 is now um, compared to, to, to you know what it was when it was a, a, a Triple H's little super indie. They don't bring people like Walter in normally, so it, unless it's a quick stop-off he's, he's making there, I find that very interesting that he's moving all the way to America to do Art Attack NXT. Like, I don't get it. Um, If it does end up on the main roster, I don't see it going well. I genuinely don't. Like, I just, I love Walter, but is Vince McMahon going to get it? Like, is he in any way? Like, I just, you know, I know he's in better shape now, but I just don't think he looks like, he still doesn't look like a Vince McMahon wrestler. His hard-hitting style, are people going to want to take those chops? You know, uh, is he... That's the big thing, isn't it? Now, who's going to want to take it a lot of his uh, big offense? And, you know, what makes him stand out? The stories. special. The stories will be out before the night, before, like, two months of, oh, he doesn't know how to work. You know, he's unsafe or or whatever. Or they take it away from him. He just becomes generic Austrian or no, and then they probably make him a German. Um, I just, I'm sorry to be so pessimistic because I love Walter and I would love to see him and Brock Lesnar go out there and have a banger. You know, it, it's not happening though. It isn't. I think we need to, need to pump the brakes on on those expectations, really. And I think the other thing about Walter is he works, he's big fish in small pond. Like he works so well on the Indies, works so well in WXW, Progress, wherever else. Worked in NXT UK, you know, probably one of my matches of the year for the last two years. Has been him in Ilya, you know, and uh, they've killed it, um, even in that environment. And he was an incredible, for everything negative we can say about NXT UK, he was a proper world champion. He came yeah. across as the star of the brand and he had, a, you know, a lot of fun matches on the TV. But that's Big Fish Small Pond. What happened when he was in Rev Pro when they started putting him against, you know, Ishii and Kojima and the New Japan guys where he, he wasn't running the match himself and he had to fit into somebody else's stuff? It didn't go well. And I think maximize that by 100 when it comes to proper WWE main roster. He got away with it on proper NXT because it was the Triple H, you know, indie third and he could continue to be Walter. He might get away with it for a time in NXT 2.0, but I just think everything that makes Walter great is just not things that main roster WWE is going to embrace. Love to be proven wrong, but I think we're all going on 20 years of being pessimistic about WWE's <laughs> main roster product. So it feels like a safe bet to me. Yeah, you'd want him to have, you know, go in there and have big matches and, you know, have, you know, the matches that we've seen him have. But it's like you say, anything we do, do you've got to treat it with a pinch of salt, haven't you? And you did. That is a fantastic point, that actually, because when he was going up against the likes of Ishii, as much as we wanted it to be good and we were willing it to be good because we were going down to your call to watch these shows, mm-hmm. they never seemed to be on the same page, did they? No. It no, was like Walter wanted to do his match, and then we. Sh- I think there was even one point where Ishii was like literally hitting himself on the head, going, "Come on, give me, you know, give me what you've got," sort of thing. And it never seemed, it, it never seemed to, and you know, it, you wonder how much of that is gonna, you know, bleed into what he, what he's gonna offer to NXT 2.0 and to WWE. I mean, he's, you know, as far as they're going for these younger guys, you know, I can talk because I'm nearly forty, but he's thirty-four. Could you see maybe they've spoke to him about? You know, maybe doing some stuff with the younger guys and maybe having more of a trainer role, Andy, in NXT. Um, 
Bloody hell, I can't believe he's 34. Had him down for older than that. He's been wrestling since 2007. We've got a fair few miles on the clock, haven't he? Yeah, bloody hell. Surprised me there. Um, no, but personally with him, I think uh, they'll probably do a six-month six month run uh, with the uh, NXT Art Attack and see, see from there. Uh, I think if he does go up to the main roster, it's more onto the SmackDown side of things where you more hard-hitting wrestlers. I like your Sheamus and your Cesaros of this world. That You know, he'll fit in better in that that way than he would on, on say, a Raw. Say raw. Uh, from a training side of things, um, may, maybe in about three or four years' time if he's looking to, like, pack up wrestling, but... Yeah, who knows? Who, who knows really with WWE? They, they change their mind like they change their bloody socks every day, don't they? <laughs> yeah, he could end up being like a Cesaro, couldn't he? That sort of like guy who just sort of sticks around for ages but doesn't do anything that memorable and, you know, has the odd good match here and there. So, yeah, it could end up, you know, falling into that category. But, yeah, yeah, we'd all love to see him, you know, having big matches and stuff like that. But with WWE, you know, we'd... Just can't see it happening, but it will be really interesting to see once he does finally head over there and, you know, what they do with him and what matters we get out of him. But um, I suppose sticking with, you know, NXT UK, um, it's Millie McKenzie is um, going to be appearing at Catch Pro Wrestling against Lizzie Evo on the 7th of February. And um, obviously a lot of speculation here. And obviously Joseph Connor seems like his contract's up and it seems like Millie seems to have fallen down there. I mean, it, it does seem like that with the contract, doesn't it, Benno, rather than NXT UK allowing folks to take outside bookings again? Um, yeah, maybe. It does seem odd. Um, obviously, she's relatively fresh back within the system. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to read this one, really, whether we should be suspicious or not <laughs> that it's being allowed. I mean, to be fair, you know, she's working someone in Lizzie who WWE know, um, you know, from, from Lizzie doing NXT UK stuff herself, even though she isn't a contracted talent. So it still feels like, you know, it's a safe <laughs> one rather than like, you know, it's not exactly she's doing Rev Pro and it's not exactly she's working, you know, someone from Stardom or something or working, you know, uh, uh, Charlie Evans or something like that. It's That's she's, she's, not that. Ben, ben oh, I'm sorry. Mm. She's out no, She's going to be working Eve as well. Um, Is she? Like a tag team match with, so it's her and Charlie Evans versus um, the Uprising who are like Sky Smithson and Nightshade. Mm, that's interesting then. So they're allowing her to, yeah, to, to, work, to work in that combination. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what should you be doing around? Andy? Are you suspicious? Um, well, she hasn't broken out of a prison like Joseph Connors. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a quiet release, you know, because that is interesting that she's allowed to do Eve as well. Yeah, but I would say with Eve as well that they've had Nina Samuels work um, like a mm. dark match the last time, but that was against that was against Charlie Morgan. Uh, I I don't think I don't think she will have been released or anything because at the moment, so so like prominent in the storyline with like Mako and. Um, be Priestley, so I, I can't see it from that end. But hmm, it's a tough one. I, I, I'm still of the thinking like WWE are sort of like allowing like promotions with you know with the right you know first aid and everything, the right precautions to allow them to have. Oh, you can have these for like a couple of shows and see how you go. But 
like last time, they did that for a couple of months and then decided, well, you've had your fill. It's all gone now. Yeah, that's why I was thinking about maybe not being released and maybe I'm just going, oh, well, you know, while we're not taping anything, people can take outside bookings. But, it, yeah. you know, it does just seem to be her, doesn't it? So, and, and it's like you said there, they have done it before where they were allowing people to work certain promotions who they didn't see as a threat or, you know, who they weren't too bothered about. But, yeah, interesting that she's... Because, obviously, she had that um, tag team for a long time, didn't she, with Charlie Evans? So, interesting yeah. to see them two team up again. But it will be interesting to see if it's not just her, if we're getting more people in, in the months to come. But, certainly, you know, desperately need uh, someone like her. You know, obviously, had pretty good matches, you know, back in the day and things like that. So, certainly need someone like her back on the UK scene. It's good It's good to see her, you know, taking these bookings. But um, I suppose the last couple of stories before we uh, get JP on. Um, and ITV, too, ITV small stories here, because they're now showing Rampage on ITV4 on Tuesday nights now, which is a weird one. As I, as, as I honestly didn't think they were that arsed by AEW, and they don't quite seem it, but adding this other show, Benno, it still seems like they kind of have one foot still in this relationship with um, AEW. Yeah, it's like throwing them a bone, isn't it? Because that's the thing. The ITV deal sounds amazing, doesn't it? If you, you know, I've seen Dave Meltzer report on it or just Americans or Canadians or people who don't live here kind of just on face value, it sounds great, doesn't it? You know, it's, in, it's in how many homes? It's it's how good the broadcaster and even the numbers are all right, aren't they? You know, where Ian Backbody reports those numbers um, and they do pretty well considering the, the time slot and it can depend week to week on you know whether it's on it earlier or later but yeah there's you know overall it's healthy you just wonder how many of those people are actually engaged how many people are actually watching the show mm. um and are converting to you know oh yeah i'm gonna go and fight by the pay-per-views or whatever or uh, growing the brand yeah it just feels like they've thrown tony Khan a bone because yeah it does feel like it's almost like false bravado when he uh when he raves about how oh, they've got a better deal in the uk than, than we do wwe do because i suppose they do technically but like you say icv don't seem to show up much love and yeah maybe they just have a spare hour somewhere on the schedule and they're like oh yeah fine okay i mean it says i mean it, we can say it it means that maybe they're more engaged than they were but you know this is still what almost six months after uh <laughs> after rampage started you know they were hardly in a in a rust to, to sort it but yeah it's good news for anyone who's uh who's not paying the other five of a fight or, or finding um other ways to uh to watch that wrestling yeah it did because um itv4 is um sort of like itv sort of like sports coverage that you know the don't deem worthy enough to be on main ITV, sort of like darts and snooker. And then it just seems to be sort of like wall to wall, especially in the evening, sort of like reruns of sort of films like Die Hard and, you know, Cobra with Sly Stallone and stuff. So <laughs> they're always the leading, aren't they, for uh, for most Dynamite shows. So, yeah, interesting that they have got the program on. It would be interesting to see if AEW do run a show over here, whether ITV had, you know, helped them out with some promotion and that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, you know, because we did talk a couple of shows ago about ITV producing a, a documentary on Eddie Guerrero and we were sort of scratching our heads, weren't we, as what what could this thing be? But it seems more details have uh, been revealed. Mike Johnson of uh, PW Insider is saying that the episode is going to be part of a series entitled autopsy the last hours of dot 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 and look at the final years of eddie and 
And Andy, I mean, these sort of ghoulish shows are all over the likes of ITV and Channel 5, aren't they? Sort of looking into the deaths of celebrities and royals. I mean, there's a million sort of like Princess Diana ones and things like that. And from these details, it looks like this is going to be no different to those types of shows that we see on Channel 5 and the like. Yeah, it's, yeah. Guess how many drugs were in Eddie Guerrero's body and mm. what have you. Shocking news at ten thirty-five on a Thursday night, which you'll, which you'll probably be. Yeah, it, to be honest, I'll, it, it'll be an interesting watch for people who don't really watch wrestling and like, oh, Eddie Guerrero. Mm. I, I might actually yeah. watch some of his matches, but I, I doubt it'll be uh, <laughs> making a big, big splash in the uh, in the ratings. Yeah, that's it. It's kind of like I think getting these extra details is throwing some uh, some water on that <laughs> idea of uh, how it sounded when Meltzer reported this story. Yeah, it uh, it shows. Uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia of this autopsy show. It's got twelve seasons, so they've clearly just run out of celebrities, haven't they? <laughs> you know, they yeah. think they could be the inside and said, "What they've done a Ben War episode, a China episode before." I don't think any of us even even knew those episodes existed. I think it's just yeah, it's a it's a bit of extra content and probably a fifty episode thirteenth season run. Uh, so yeah maybe not so much to get excited about and yeah it does sound like it's yeah ITV studios rather than uh, ITV proper so yeah I guess we'll uh, we'll see where it lands yeah exactly we just have to see um, you know if they have any wrestling footage of him or stuff or whether it'll just be sort of still photography mm. stuff, pro- pro- but, um... probably be ringing Tommy Boyd up for um, any um, footage <laughs> no, well, that's true actually yeah <laughs> King of England tournament <laughs> yeah uh, the revival show yeah yeah revival um, Sorry. Yeah, that was it. Um, so, I mean, before, yeah, just before we get JP on, I mean, you n- noted at the top there, Benno, that Nature was healing. You and Andy were off to a TNT show uh, earlier this week. Um, anything to write home about? Any thoughts from this from you two before we uh, get JP on? Um, it was all right. <laughs> you can uh, get obviously. I got off for a plug for your uh, graps and claps. Uh, I was on there with a uh, with Grapple Gareth, and we uh, we put the world to rights in a in a nice in the in the Bridewell, nice little uh, pub that used to be a, a prison um, in the Liverpool area, which uh, you know says uh, might be might be some. Uh, you know similarities there to Brit Res, but yeah, we uh, <laughs> we talked about it in detail. There, it was uh, it was nice to have a day out. To be honest, like you you got to be honest with yourself when you're talking about like shows at this level. Like this is, you know, this wasn't even a you know it's not a TNT proper Thursday night show. They had one of those uh, last week. This was uh, very much your uh, your ignition um, TNT, um, which is kind of like that. Yeah. To be honest, I, I would say there used to be a lot more of a differentiation between like the uh, the ignition shows and and the main shows. Whereas now, I don't personally think the main shows have got much more star power than the uh, than the ignition shows um, do. Um, such as kind of the you know uh, what Brit Res is right now, where we're putting a lot of pressure on on young wrestlers uh, to deliver and to and to give us a uh, give us uh, you know matches that are maybe above what they can realistically do but on a show like this yeah you go in with very very low expectations i think and you kind of go there for for the day out they had a a fun rumble on the show um and they had kind of like a a lot of 
like I say, not not completely fresh talents. You know, a couple of wrestlers that stood out to me, uh, uh, jumping uh, Jimmy Jackson. Um, he used to be in the, uh, the the trio track and field in uh, in GPW with uh, with uh, Mike Track and Ian Field. Yes, they were called uh, Track and Field. Um, and he was like the, the third <laughs> wheel there. And he's he's been <laughs> he's been around for a while. And in that act, he was kind of just the gymnast doing a lot of flips, which he kind of still is. But you you know, you can you can see as as time has gone on, he's. He started to put a, a bit more uh, together there as far as being a, a more uh, complete wrestler. So, yeah, I thought uh, he was impressive on the show. Uh, got to see, uh, you know, Brit Rez favourite and personal favourite of mine, uh, Big Guns Joe, um, turn up in the Rumble. So I enjoyed uh, seeing that there. Uh, as far as, like, the rest of the undercard goes, I thought uh, R.B. Davis is somebody who I've not seen a, a huge amount of uh, before he's, he's someone who you know from here Andy talk about in the past he's someone who's got a he's got a boxing background and you know is uh, is one of those typical kind of you know it's a it's a real sports star trying to you know move over to the wrestling um style um and you know some people make that transition better than others but i i thought he showed uh, a lot of signs of uh of potentially um being a, a good little hand there and a good little act he had a good uh Good character work down there uh, as well. So yeah, I thought he looked good on the undercard. And yeah, I would say as well that you know JJ Webb, as far as someone they kind of built that rumble about around, is like a you know he's someone I've I've seen um, you know off on like odd future shock shows and the like. Who's a who's a big personality. Um, and yeah, I like the fact that they're, that they're giving him a bit of a a push in, in TNT and putting a bit of a, a bit behind him. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Like I say, it was nice to see. You know, some some younger wrestlers, you know, go out there, they're having, you know, two and a half star matches at a maximum. Um, but that's not really what it's about. Um, it's about getting reps in in front of a, a decent crowd in, in a decent venue, um, which is which is what Fusion is. Um, it's a it's a nice little, little venue with the uh, the beautiful chandeliers shining down and you know, a nice, nice uh, you know, relatively uh, busy crowd of uh, of loud people there so yeah it was nice to kind of ease my way back into to go into a to a brit red show and uh and, and seeing like some of the uh, the younger northwest stars there but yeah not i wouldn't say a huge amount to write home about from a match point of view unless uh, you've got big notes andy um not really I'd echo the thoughts about rpd and uh sonna derson i thought it was a very mm-hmm. good match you know to say how long rp's been in like the business for is uh he's Talk, talk to it like a duck to water and I'm just I'm just glad he's making like really good improvements in his work. Um I thought I thought the other match I thought Tom Farewell and Scott Auburn was was a, a a good match. Um also also as well like um the presentation of um the actual show they've got a big screen in there now they've sort of like darkened the lights and it mm-hmm. looks a professional product. Um, from what it probably did a couple of months ago in that venue, because they used they used to just have the lights on all the time, and you could see all and bloody sundry walk walking around backstage. But it looks looks really good in there now, and they've added a tap for Guinness on the bar, which is a godsend away from the shitty Carlin. Um, what yeah. one highlight I thought you might have said, said Benno was the um, appearance of MVK Valcabius <laughs> in the Rumble. Wow, that's going going back some years. Honestly. Remember he's going to be the next big thing, Martin, in, uh, in WWE. Oh, yeah. Gonna, uh, First just never happened, champion, I think he was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he said, I think he did. He turned up at a TNT show last month and a friend of the show, Eddie, Eddie Sauerberg, sent me a photo, kind of like, is that him? 
that's him, isn't it? And it's like, yep, yeah. it is MK. He's, uh, yeah, he's it was a, it was an exceptional last. Oh yeah, you're a bit slimmed down, I would say, but still looking at you know an incredible, incredible uh, shape. Yeah, he, he was a, he was a fun name to see. Um, but yeah, I will say yeah, just to echo Andy's praise, Scott Oberman and uh, on top of that, well, that was that was probably my pick for for master of the night as well. Like uh, Oberman's got. We talked about it on graps and claps, a lot of presence, um, bit of personality. Could maybe do some work on his on his look and the like, but there's something there with him. He, he's someone who I think could could you know take advantage of the uh, the kind of the open um, world that is uh, Brit Resin in 2022. It's kind of a anyone's game this year to stand out. And Tom Thelwell, someone who we had a kind of you know we talked about it again on that podcast. He's someone who the lazy comparison's always been third young gun. Um, but you know, I've heard from Andy and I've heard from Gareth, who, who gets a lot more of these shows than uh, than I do. That that he's someone who, who who you know has started to to come on his own as a bit as a as a personality and and doing his own thing. And yeah, you know, there are benefits to him maybe being third young gun. Maybe he could have uh, could have taken uh, Ethan's spot in Rev Pro. Um, but I'd still like to see him in Rev Pro. And based on you know this this evidence and uh, and seeing him live there, I thought he was a he was a standout performer and. Yeah, I think you know there's a there's a couple of names there. Andy mentioned Sonadas and there as well. Who's always someone who, you know, he's he's, he's always been kind of been bubbling under as somebody who you know needs to take that next step. But you know, I've seen him do very good good heel work in the past, and you know, he's someone who's as you know considering the the landscape right now type of wrestler you want to see promotions uh, take a bit of a chance on. So you know, that was another name that uh, that stood out for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely want to try and sort of like check more shows out like that this year. Yeah, it's, it all seems to have gone quiet on Spirit Wrestling, so hopefully they'll like turn up back again in Sheffield. I know I went a bit quiet when um, you know they lost the venue that they'd been using for the first two shows. But yeah, certainly interesting to see a lot more of those guys this year. So it's come to that time of the year again where we take a look back at 2021 and also. Look forward to this coming year as we welcome on JP Houlihan, the legend that is JP from Grapple Spotlight. JP, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us for this final segment of the show. Always a pleasure. I can't be missing getting the bin. Like I can't be missing that and likely unlikely. Like it's a it's a it's a New Year's tradition, Martin, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Glad to be on with you, lads. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it does feel like a tradition having having you on um, on this every year. So, um, Benno, yeah, you've got some likely unlikely uh, to start us off with if you want to take it away. Yeah, nice one. Likely unlikely, can I go for a piss without me and JP being on a podcast together? Maybe <laughs> Hi, JP. Good to see you, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Long time no speak. <laughs> When's the next podcast we're doing? In less than 24 hours. Less than 24 hours. <laughs> and then there's going to be uh, probably fine. an absolute yeah. beast of a six-hour one on Monday. So, like, glorious stuff. I'll go unlikely with that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's part of the job now, JP. It is. Uh, but, yeah, I've got, uh, got some good... Got some good, uh, good likely, unlikely uh, scenarios uh, for this year. Hopefully, we got a a more, I don't know, a more normal year this year in uh, in Brit Res and the and the world in general. But I'll get us started, lads, with the with the big one. We've always got to go with it. Always got to throw it in there. Likely or likely, NXT UK goes out of business. Come on, let's start big. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what we all said last year. Because that was surely one last year as well. I should have gone back. Surely and we said likely. Yeah. 
we all said unlikely. We all kind of <gasps> were like, eh, we want it to, but it won't. And I think we've been right. Like, and that's kind of, mm. yeah, I don't know, that's kind of my take this year. I don't know about you guys. Like, I feel like it's just going to be a slow, a slow death rather, you know, a couple of contracts are going to run out and things like that, rather than us getting that day, JP, where we do the uh, the transfer deadline day, uh, getting our oh. suits and doing a breaking news audio for uh, for Grapple. I know, I know we're ready for it, mate. We've done loads of dress rehearsals, but I don't know if the real thing's ever going to really happen. Well, our dress rehearsal was the death of Ring of Honor, so like it felt like we kind of got mm. into it. I'm I'm gonna go li- <laughs> I'm gonna go likely, and I think it's just through like attritional value and the fact that Nick Khan has very much started to look through the spreadsheet. He hasn't got to the NXT UK tab, but he just seems to be trapped on the NXT one for the time being. So I just think at mm. some point it has to go. If it feels like I'm cheating, I don't know when the contract with BT for NXT UK runs out, but surely at the end of that, they're just going to go, well, there's mm. no value in this anymore. So maybe cheating at the end of the year, we'll hear something like it's closing down or we'll hear stuff about BT contracts they've got with WWE. But I, I think it's likely, surely. I mean, you know, we've got the one watcher here on the show and I think Andy, you know, Andy, Andy's been um, kind of pushed to the limit with it, surely. I, Once they lose Andy and Hammy, they, they're done for, mate. They're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 use, have you got a Nielsen box in your house, Andy? Is that what it is? No, no, no. I've, I've, I've only got a Sky box. That's it. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, my money is it's unlikely to um, go under. Um, I do think they're offering the Brit Rest scene about three months of these people turning up, like your Millie McKenzie's, your T-Bones and that. And he'll just revert to type like, right, you've had your, you've had your fill of art, guys. Now we now we want uh, more of your lads off the lads and lasses off the scene. So I don't think it's going anywhere. I think uh, when you're talking about Nick Khan, I think he's looked at that spreadsheet and gone, "Oh well, all these contracts are coming due in 2022 anyway." So uh, you know, I'll just let them run out because that's the way it seems to be going, doesn't it? It seems that contracts are. You know, mm. they're just letting them run out. And um, yeah, I think the BT Sport one's an interesting one because surely they, they'll just go, oh, well, we'll offer you something else instead of NXT UK. So I can see it being likely, but like Benno said, yeah. it's going to be like a long, slow process. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that like it being a case of like there being maybe a couple of contracts after the end. I wonder who'll be like the NXT UK Lanny Poffo. Who'll be the one who just has a contract that just remains in in perpetuity forever because uh, they just don't Jack get... Stars. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Jack Stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, well, related to that, then and related to uh, to something we talked about uh, a little bit earlier, um, likely or unlikely. Walter is still a WWE employee at the end of 2022. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say very likely. I think he's going to go over to the States, live there for a couple of years, and um, yeah, and see how his uh, WWE contract. Because surely, if he's going to be moving over to NXT 2.0, he might get another sort of like, you know, contract extension out of him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not going anywhere for me. Um, they, they, well, they just started him up on NXT um, with Bartel and uh, Eichner. They're looking at uh, Americans who are who are fat and overweight and can't run for shit. So um, I think that'll have <laughs> is, he, is he being brought in as Rick Rude? Which Basically. I'm kind of weirdly all in for if that's the case. <laughs> if he starts delivering like a Rick Rude promo in NXT at the start of it, 
Like, and doing that swelling of the hips that Rick Rude used to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, like oh, the tights. He's <laughs> he's got Candice LeRae's face on it, or something like that. Do Gargano comes out? This shit writes itself, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I, I think he's I think he's likely to stay. Certainly, if he has a Rick Rude gimmick, I think there's a bloody like fucking mania main event in there for him. Um, now, I, honestly, to go, I, I I I think yeah, he's he's staying. I can't see him going anywhere. His head's been turned. He's at the gym. He's like me. He's having his midlife crisis. So yeah. Off to the states. Off to the states he goes. I want to see him stay just, there now. If he does yeah. have a Rick Rude gimmick, that'd be brilliant. Oh. Austrian accent telling all these fat, overweight Americans. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just picturing him with a mustache. That's terrifying. Like just that idea is enough for me. And a perm. <laughs> Let's hope it's coming. I'm, I'm going unlikely with him still being the WWE system by the end of the year. I really do think it's going to go so badly for him on the main roster that. He won't be in the next round of cuts. He might not be in the round of cuts after that. But I'm telling you, JP, there's going to be a random Thursday towards the end of the year mm. where we're doing a weekend show and we'll be talking about the fact that Walter, what happened to Walter? How did he end up on the cutting room floor already? They don't give a fuck. He's moving his uh, entire life mm. over to America or or bringing whoever with him. Um, they're just going to kick. I think they're just going to kick him to the curb when it, it inevitably doesn't work out for Walter. So I'm a pessimist on that one. Um, going back to a, an old favourite then, um, another one we uh, we did last year that actually hasn't come into fruition, even though we all thought it would likely. AW um, have a supercard in the UK in 2022. I'd say that's got to happen this year, surely. I mean, wasn't didn't Tony Khan say there was supposed to be the fighter fest was supposed to happen um, last year? So he almost said this year, I keep forgetting we're in a new year, but didn't yeah. he say that was supposed to happen last year? That was the plan, yeah. Yeah, I'll put it like this then, lightly unlikely, they get here before WWE do a super card. So, you know, there's been the talk of Cardiff and there's been the talk of WWE doing something. Mm. Do AEW beat WWE to the market with a UK super show? I I don't think they do. I think if they do it, it's between summer and Christmas and I can see um, mm-hmm. WWE doing something either really early spring or, or in the summer, you know, to get with that. Is it like 30 years since uh, SummerSlam 92? In weren't they on about mm-hmm. doing it in Wales with Drew McIntyre on top? So, yeah, I can see him doing something in the summer and then Adam maybe fun. doing something in the uh, autumn time. Interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, with mine on this one. I, I Like, originally, I know they were saying May for it so possibly at the end of the season i wonder whether or not there'll just be kind of various logistical things that happen and they decide well what we'll do is we'll wait until like the world cup's on and then at that point they can go to a craven cottage because i'm assuming fulham won't be playing during that period of time especially if they've been promoted um so they'll be possibly easier for them to have to run rather than perhaps like it just gives them a bit more time for it it's whether or not they finish the building work as well the new stand and i haven't followed for how that is and so i can just see the aw one being delayed us all being pissed off about it but it happening towards the end of the year like and you know and us saying well why didn't have in the summer when it would have been really nice and have a few drinks by the river and said it's like a Mm. pissing you know pissing down with rain in november or something like that uh, I, th- I think it, it will happen, but um, I'm going end of July, start um, start of August, just before 
like the Premier League season mm. starts, I think we will see something then. That would be the best time to have it. One, yeah. I mean, it's like JP said that you know, in sort of like the peak of summer, everyone sort of like out in London, it'd be absolutely brilliant. That, but if they were to sort of test the water in a smaller venue, then you know, New Japan slash Red Pro proved that you know the Copper Box is a cracking venue to sort of like test the waters in a smaller, smaller, uh, smaller. As me and Benno, me and Benno found out by going down there live, didn't we? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a day out we have, mate! What a day on the, on the move. We had a lot of drinks. Oh, it was great. You should have come, lads. <laughs> Um, yeah, here's one from uh, from JP. Then this was your suggestion. Um, we get the launch of a a new national British wrestling promotion in 2022. I don't know what the what the, the makeup could be of this. You know, where ICV get back in the game, or I don't know some millionaire with too much money. You know, Scroobius Pip gets bored um, and goes to his, uh, <laughs> his watch list of great Leicesters and realizes Body Guy and Moser are still on the market and starts it up. Uh, yeah, what do you reckon, JP? What what was your thoughts on this one? Um, it's going to be kind of interesting seeing what the, a lot of it kind of depends on the progress launch for me, but I I think Mm. there's that space for it. It's whether or not somebody Mm. has got like the kind of money for it and whether or not they're able to run without any restrictions, whether or not some of the venues might operate slightly cheaper. And and I don't know, I I kind of feel like the space is there as much as anything for like a well-run, like kind of British promotion to kind of get started up and like kind of producing almost like a television product. Um, (laughs) It sounds really, I've suggested it. I don't think it's likely to happen though. I don't know how you lads feel about that. No, I I don't think it's likely to happen at all. I mean, ITV did test the water and were like, well, no, that's not going to work out for us. And uh, yeah, I just, I just don't think anybody, I think if if someone was going to do it, they would have sort of like chucked in with a, a promotion by now. And I think, there's nobody who's going to go, oh, yeah, I know, I'll spend a load of money on British wrestling in 2022. I don't think, but, you know, we never know, do we? Hmm. Not a, I, I would say not a, not a chance. You, to be honest, you you won't waste your millions um, trying to make any money back from Brit wrestling in 2022, mm. would you? Uh, but who knows? Shotty Horror's Sovereign Pro Wrestling might just be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. Um, here's one then. Here's a topical one. Um, I'm sure you know based on a uh, on this uh, this last week. Uh, William Regal works a UK indie in 2022 as a professional wrestler. Oh, I don't know. What is it? What's his body like? Is he? What is he like? Got you know, chronic back problems or anything like that, would he still be able to come back and, and have a match at all? I don't know. He is younger than you think. Like, we're doing the um, the mixtape over on Grapple and, you know, last couple, couple of days I've been watching <laughs> a lot of old Regal for my sins and, like, realising that his retirement run came when he was, like, 42. So, like, he's not... <laughs> he is younger than you, than you think. Um but at the same time, yeah, I, I don't think he, I don't think he'd pass the WWE medical or like a major promotion medical. But could he do like a like a fifth Finley and have a have a couple of matches as as an in India? I, I think it's physically possible for him. Fifty three years. 
I can see him sort of helping out UK promotions behind the scenes as maybe, you know, just helping out sort of things. He seems to like to do that. Mm. <laughs> well, apart from, mm. you know, ripping the scene apart with uh, NXT UK. But, you know, I can see him sort of like helping out, sort of like giving advice and things like that. But I think as far as the match goes, yeah, I can't see that happening at all. Could you imagine him at the end of it and he went, right, I've given you some advice. Affairs fair. Everything's equal now. <laughs> don't have a go at me about NXT UK yeah. anymore. Stop, stop, tell him, stop having a go at me about no restrictions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be his gimmick. It'll be a pro wrestling tees t shirt that just says no restrictions on it. It'll be a hot top, hot seller. Or I think it's hit- like me. I think you'll he'll, he'll I've got an idea for a t-shirt with him with the Tommy Cooper sort of cap on, uh, fez on, just with his face <laughs> through a curtain. <laughs> Watching a Jack Cartwheel match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He'd put a good face for drinking a cup, uh, uh, you know, drinking piss instead of tea. Uh, I, I keep wondering whether or not he'd come back to the UK because does he have, is he a citizen now in the US? Is that something that he has? Does he need to have like a work visa? Because if that's the case, it's almost like I feel like him working a US indie would almost seem more likely than him working a British indie. I know, but he's kind of got this obsession, hasn't he, with sort of like old school British comedy and Blackpool and that old, you know, he's always like, well, he used to always sort of like promote like stand-up gigs that were going on in Mm. Blackpool or Manchester or whatever. So I still, I think he could, that you know, his love of sort of like English culture and stuff could draw him back into coming back over here for quite a, you know, quite a long period of time during the year. In that case, Stephen Flutter holds this all in oh, his yes. hands, doesn't he, at the end of the day? He has to do it. I mean, if he can book a Billy Gunn running, I'm sure as Ellie can sure he can book some sort of, you Ooh. know, very lightly worked match at Blackpool Tower. That's, that's the thing, that, like a PCW, or like we, we saw at, um, what do you call it, the the Wrestling Media Con, not Wrestling Media Con, the, uh, the, what, the big con in Liverpool, that one. Um, they had Hacksaw Jim right. Duggan on. You know, and he didn't do anything, didn't take any bumps, but he got in the mm. ring. You know, Regal Stars now exactly hard hitting. That could see him doing something like that. Um, I think the most likely scenario is him and his son. Like his son gets the boot from WWE as well, mm, and they and they yeah. go around as a tag team or something like that. I think that could happen. Or him as his manager, maybe. Mm. There we go. Uh, any uh, shots on that one? I was going to say, I don't think he'll wrestle, but um, taking from what we've said, it's either doing a double act with Joey Blower in Blackpool or uh, mm. cutting, the, cutting the ribbon at the Electric Ballroom next Sunday for progress. I mm. think the, the latter's maybe more likely. <laughs> or maybe GCW, Regal versus Nick Gage. I want to see it. <laughs> he's going rin- to He's going to rinse that sort of like... Um, not stand-up comedy, but spoken word tour money, isn't it? Yeah. All around the US and all around oh, the UK. God, oh, God, no. All over that. No, that bloody giant A stats and big daddy story again about the strawberry <laughs> <plan>. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, it'll be, yeah. it'll be Hall of, Hall of Fame of big daddy, if we're rumours are true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, I've got one. Right, I've got it. Oh, well, I'll just nip in with mine there, Ben, because we used to uh, say, will uh, a problematic wrestler come back to British wrestling? Um, so I'll I'll go with a different name this year. Will Zack Sabre Jr. have a match on British soil in 2022? Oh, you killed me last one. Eh? My last one's going to be, does Zack Sabre Jr. find his phone? But that's a good one, too. I like that, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he does, yeah. I think I think he, he does a rep pro yeah. this year. I think I, I could see that. I don't think he'll find his phone, though. No. 
I, 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 I think he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll be coming in, working the matches and kind of going as much as anything else. I don't think he'll be uh, deciding to, to kind of be as, as outspoken as, as he would be when he was uh, wrestling in Britain and chatting all various things. So yeah, I think it's likely. I, I think yes, as well. Um, probably in the summer, that yeah. rent in Manchester. Um, but does he find um, his phone? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no chance. That's gone, mate. The phone is gone. <laughs> uh, I bet you he's already found that he's one of them trolls on Twitter. He's probably one of the people giving me grief about Regal. Um, like, <laughs> like, likely or unlikely, uh, Progress lose their WWE Network deal. New Progress, that is, like you go. Well, it kind of goes in with the NXT UK question as well, doesn't it? It's like, if they're not mm. doing anything with NXT UK, do they really feel the need to have, you know, any of these sort of like satellite yeah. promotions in the UK or Germany or anything? So, yeah. Oh, that's the real tricky one, that, because, you know, when they first announced the uh, the sale, I thought, oh, are they going to still have the, um, you know, relationship with WWE? And then that four and a half hour you know, history of progress during the pandemic turns up on the network. So who knows? But yeah, I can see it being likely keeping the deal until uh, 2023. It comes down to contracts, I think. And um, whether or not um, they've got a deal, I can imagine the deal is only really up to the end of this year. Um, and I think at that point, I'm, so I'm going to go actually that they do get, I can't remember if it was likely or unlikely, but I think they... It was likely, wasn't it? I think they do lose their deal. I think unlikely that they'll uh, lose the contract. They need to they need to fill the network up with content and uh, progress. WXW and ICW do that, so it'll still be on there. We're still, we're all confident they'll still be in business. At the end of twenty twenty two, yeah, still be running shows. <laughs> so I'm not so confident on that, to be honest. That's a fair shout. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, couple, of, couple of quick fire ones then. Um, related to the to the regal one, uh, uh, one uh, fantastic Brit Res uh, legend, probably a bigger Brit Res legend than uh, than Regal is himself. Uh, Sterling James Keenan uh, returns to a relaunch one PW. We get another twenty-two mountain. <laughs> oh yeah, to have his uh, finish his feud off with a uh, Spud and Abyss. Yeah, I'll be all over that Doncaster <laughs> Dome. These kids don't know Brit, proper Brit Res legend, that proper pedigree yep. there. Uh, Corey Graves. <laughs> Unbelievable. You'll <laughs> be out of WWE by the end of the year, though, won't he? He's one where like I'm convinced oh, yeah. he get they, he, he he convinces them to let him wrestle again. They take him off his cushy commentary job. Three months in, Vince gets sick of him and he's gone by the end of the year. Like I, I feel like that is the trajectory. So maybe not one PW, but will he be in Brit Res? Will he be in the Donny Dome by the end of the year, Martin? I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, we need we need, we do need the uh, Spud and um, the Spud and SJK tour of the UK, don't we? The you know that classic Brit rescue that we had in two thousand and six. That's it. Uh, here's one for everyone. Uh, Jim Smallman returns to stand up in twenty twenty two. Leave wrestling behind, likely or unlikely. I was going to have likely or unlikely. He tells a funny joke, but I don't think that's fair because I want to say unlikely. But you know, I think likely. Um... I think when Nick Khan and, and Vince McMahon look at him, they're not going, no, keep Jim. We need him. We need him on the team. So then I think he goes, he puts up his, you know, what is one of the bleakest Instagram accounts that I've seen 
ever, uh, 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 like in recent years. He put up a fight about how much he, he loved a bit of stand-up. So, yeah. Maybe, what do you I don't think know. him and Bruce Pritchard talk about? Can't imagine True. they've got a great deal in common. Yuri Tillemans <laughs> and Willie sign a new contract. <laughs> Vegan food, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think they struggle. Yeah, I think old uh, my friends will be back to stand up. Uh, yeah, which wasn't very good anyway. That's why I've seen it. Yeah, you can't. You've got to think the new progress owners. If if Smallman's contract comes up with WWE, <laughs> that they'd be all over trying to get him back on as like the MC. I don't think he'd do it. Mm, I think he'd be gone from wrestling at that point. I think he. I think that. I think that honestly would be him gone. It'd make for a hell of a run in a so Rev too. Pro, though, if he was leading some <laughs> heel faction in Rev Pro. Just come out with a booking idea. In, in versus Andy <laughs> Q, where it may never be your call. Oh, I uh, mean, that would be. Come on, it would all be worth it for that alone. <laughs> Mark, Mark Dallas runs in with the briefcase at the end. Oh, he's got to go over on the first one. Telling me you're not watching that. Telling me you're not excited about that. Thinking about that now. What a storyline that would be. I, I can picture Arm Furious fuming in the uh, in the balcony. All right. um. Oh yeah, tell you what, that bit quickest sellout since Vader against Osprey. That. Oh, I was there for that. That lives long in the memory. As like so, like anything like that, that would just be be the best. Well, uh, last couple, and I was going to say, you know, this this year, there's a lot of last year, 2021 into 2022, a lot of forbidden talk, door talk, a lot of people, you know, jumping from companies, leaving WWE, signing with AEW. How about this for a, a big defection, lads? Um, uh, you know, he's known for as being a one company kind of guy. Jimmy Havoc uh, abandons his uh, his career as DPD and defects to Parcel Force. What do you think, likely or unlikely? <laughs> It, do you know what? He strikes me as a Hermes man because they're lazy as fuck. They are. You know, I could see him taking the yodel dollar before he he, he does that. Um, yodel, yeah. I could see that. Yodel, very unreliable yodel as well, you know. You, you, Awful. You, you only try once and then they disappear. Yeah, you, you can't arrange for them to come back. Yeah. Terrible delivery service. Shocking. Well, to add to that one, he, he must deliver down south somewhere. Does he deliver a package to JP's flat? He ain't getting in my fucking flat. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> Cuts himself on the forehead and I'll squeeze some lemon juice in there for old time's sake. Now he can piss off. Yeah, leave it, leave it in the communal time. area. I'll take my chances. The neighbours are all right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw, throw you that happy end of one then to, to finish off then. Uh, he's, he's taken a lot of abuse from me over this last year, but big guns, Joe. Signs a major contract. Tells Benno to fuck off, lightly or unlikely. God, I see him in NXT UK this year. He's been everywhere else. I hope so I, for the lads. I well, really a, hope a, so. A picture of him at a curry house with like everything on the menu with his finger in the in the air to Benno saying, ah, I've signed a contract <laughs> now. Look at all the food on my table. Absolutely getting the biggest feed in the world in. Yeah. <laughs> he poor, poor Deliveroo driver nearly fucking crippled with the, uh, <laughs> with the big bag that he's got. Um, I hope so. I hope he works more. Do you know what I really hope? I, I hope he just does some, some sort of serious gimmick. That'd be nice. Mm. Can I see it? Yeah. Anyway, I'll, we'll come on to that. We'll get in the bit, but yeah. I I, I think um, he's got a good chance of signing with uh, NXT UK. And I hope so. He's a lovely lad. He's a uh, big mm. job. 
good lad. He is. Yeah, yeah you and he um, seems to take all this well. <laughs> he does. Yeah, a, he is a good very lad. maturely. And, and you and um, you and your Jeff did a great uh, live podcast with him. Really enjoyed that one uh, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago as well, Andy. Oh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for uh, for like the unlikely. Should we uh, should we please some get in the bin? Yep, I've uh, I've wheeled the biff a bin in. So uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> I've, I've got no music ones this year to uh, jump out of my usual gimmick. There's no music that's offended me this year. Oh, I mean, it's got nothing to do with British wrestling. But if AEW are running over here, don't book Rio because that abysmal theme tune that is just absolute fucking garbage will play. Man, that's the kind of stuff you use on people in Guantanamo Bay. All right, we play that alongside Sesame Street. We could have Rio versus Rio. Imagine the music <laughs> up there. Think of the songs Andy could get off. Oh, God. Je- Je- Jeff-, Jeff will be milking that bloody Duran Duran Rio. Okay, I've got one. There's no denying, what? you know, this man in ring is absolutely fantastic. You know, brilliant, spectacular matches. But, as you know, as far as his character goes, he can definitely get in the bin. I am, of course, talking about the Commonwealth Kingpin. Some of the fakest, mm. phoniest bullshit I've ever seen walking around with his watch that fell off the back of a lorry in Camden Market. His Del Boy dressing gown just comes across so fake and terrible. I mean, I'm even sure like Osprey can be quite cocky in real life, but even playing one on TV is absolutely awful. I mean, that whole persona... The look, the new money, sort of like Towie BS can totally get in the bin. And and while we're at it, it's fucking merch as well. I mean, there's some terrible merch in wrestling, but some of those Billy Goat shirts. I mean, fuck me. Can you imagine wearing one of them down the high street as everyone snickered behind your back? But yeah, love you in ring, Osprey, but fuck me, that gimmick's got to go awful. I was thinking to myself, will I spray the person or will I spray the character though? That's what we need to figure out. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad because it's yeah. like, I think the the thing is, I think it's one of them where, you know, I always thought Kenny Omega's character was terrible in Japan, but he got away with it because it was Japan. And I kind of think that it's almost like it seems to work despite himself, but it's so hard to watch as like an international fan. Like it, it comes across as low rent even when you see it in Red yeah. never mind, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom at the biggest show of the year. It's cheap, and he looks like he's walked out of an explosion in a TK Maxx. It's just shocking. <laughs> like, you just look at the state of him when he's out, and it's just like, I don't know, he's more, like, kind of fur on his coat than he is a wrestler when he was walking down the aisle. Couldn't tell where he was. Mm. Now, it's a, it, it's a bad gimmick. I mean, I think kind of when we were at the RevPro Manchester show, um, I think it was one of those things where he looked like he was, he'd come out in like his mum's dressing gown and stuff like that. And very long winded, boring promos. There's, you know, yeah, it, it's a bad gimmick. Mm. Yep. Definitely. Only from you, Andy? Um, oh, there's many I'd love to stick the boot in on there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, um, th- th- only a couple really. One from NXT UK, someone who's been been in the system for three years, hasn't improved, keeps fucking shoulder shuffling every time she comes down to the ring. Zaya Brookside, terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, who else? Oh, I, I, Carrying on the family tradition. The board scene at Goodison. Parading around with the, uh, with the plastic wall star belt. Who, who, who do else I usually stick the boot in? Um, oh, the kid Lycos gimmick. That's oh, not- you've 
Nick Ryan, I was going to say the same thing. Because we were talking about it at the weekend, but we had the kid like us too. Like, like Joe Nelson's a he's a good lad. We we, we all kind of saw he had potentials. He can wrestle. He's great. And for some reason, he's doing budget kid like us. And it was it wasn't so bad when kid like us was retired. But now the actual kid like us is back. Why are you still doing it? Andy? Why are you still doing it? Because the thing was, it, when he got given that gimme, it was a Schadenfreude and Friends show, and we felt mm. like, oh, this is like Schadenfreude and Friends' own just gimme, just keep it there. And now it's all around the country. I'm just like, and I said to you at weekend, Benno, like, mm. I watched that match when he won the title at, um, at Temple of Boom for Tidal, and just thinking, my God, how I wish this Joe Nelson were back. I love this version. And now, Every time I see a kid like us one or a two match, I'm just lukewarm, absolutely mm. lukewarm. And another one is, um, I don't know. What are they say? Promo- promotions, not liking uh, negative reviews. There you go. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> I, I had diplomatic. That. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, you kind of tied in with a, another one there. I just thought I'd like to see less people trying to do gimmick stuff and lo and behold, get better at wrestling. So I look at a Luke Jacobs and an Ethan Allen and a lot of the lads that, that Andy has, has like kind of highlighted and the best of them are the ones who concentrate on getting better at the craft rather than develop a gimmick. And this has been a kind of long-standing problem in, in Britain. And it's why you mentioned about like a kind of a, a Joe Nelson, like for example, it's like, you know, find something else that's kind of different, that's better suited to him as a person mm. get better at the craft and then a lot of the times the character comes along the way hmm. yeah. I sort of think the um, I thought the meme wrestling style and that like your your mad Kurtz for instance mm. all that went out like remember him like two years ago mm. and mm. Now, now when you see him on shows you, it just feels a bit tired yeah I, I see the name Gene Money and I don't want to go to the show like that, that man is a negative draw. He's very entertaining though. When when he's done like, <sighs> the Shadow Friday shows, he he tries to uh, on that small level. Yeah, yeah. Change his gimmick a bit, and I I find him quite uh, quite entertaining. Mm. There are certain know. ones who have done gimmicks for a couple of years now, and they're just it's just stale. Yeah, I just haven't found the British wrestler funny since like Grado and Madman Manson. You know what I mean? That's where the line was for me, and we've gone <laughs> yeah, so yeah. far. It's it's probably not even G Muddy himself. It's what he stands for. You know, it's like I see yeah. him on progress shows, and if he turned to start to turn up on Rev Pro shows, like I think that's something Rev Pro have always got right. They had Kurt, who they don't seem to be using mm-hmm. much anymore. And they kind of that was their line in the sand, wasn't it? They weren't filling up the shows with these these oh. meme gimmicks. Yeah, I'm with you, lads. Meme gimmicks in general do need to get in the bit. I'll, I'll, well, I'll that was the it. thing with Kurt, wasn't it? Because he was like Andy Q, sort of like you know, he was like, oh, this is the young boy that we're gonna go with, sort of thing, and that. And then he just sort of like started doing the Mad Kurt stuff, and Andy Q was like, nah, not interested in that. I was, I was gonna say, Ben, oh, like with uh, Madman Manson, when we used to see him at PCW, every time it was something different and he'd have you just like rolling over in bits with laughter. Mm. He, he was brilliant mm. absolutely brilliant and yeah, I agree with you there hasn't been many who bring that laughter now yeah. as much there, there were odd ones like uh, Matt Brooks I always used to like his stuff like oh the, yeah the comedy songs and what have you and like entertainers like Sugar Dunkerton when he were over here them, them sort of characters are 
a bit sorely missed at the moment. Yeah. On that note, and on like a more serious note, I do. I just think yeah, the sameness of shows and all the way they mm. across this country needs needs to get in the bin. Like I can't look at another lineup, and I know I make the big guns joke joke a lot, but you know the the like passes and just the same names across the country mm. doing. 50 fans in every one of these small promotions like i really hope 2022 is the year where we do get a bit of bit of diversity in brit res because like every promotion looking the same that's something i think needs to get in the bin for mm. this year and i know that's something you've been a you know a proponent of andy yeah uh, well i expect i would say um just in like the uh lineup announced for the next tuesday night perhaps and i see chris oh, Ridgeway, state of it my cost again I like I've seen this fifty times. I feel like I've yeah. seen it fifty times already, mm. and and yeah. that's coming from me, who's very positive about going to these shows. And I'll I'll be there with me twenty quid at the Frog and Bucket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I also had a um, one, and this is probably <clears> a very <throat> specific one because it always makes it difficult for me to find weekend previews. I want promotions to make the show lineups clear on their social media so I know what is on the fucking card rather than letting me guess and having to search and possibly go to the ticket websites just to see who's on on it. Like, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Having to scroll through sort of like so many social media posts to find out what's on what card and then they're all mixed up, aren't they? It's like, oh, this one's on in March, this one's on in February. Trying to figure out what's on what card and you just end up like scrolling for like about 10 minutes to find out what's on that show in February. Them um, show graphics, what like, uh, Rev Rev Pro are are very good at this Mm. now and um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Stuff like North Wrestling are good at it. Wrestling Resurgence, quite, and uh, BW out, all good at like doing them graphics like two or yeah. three weeks beforehand. Those are the wrestlers. There you go. Yeah, I've I've got a very big get in the bin. Um, it's oh, a venue. It's a venue. It's York Hall for wrestling. <laughs> get in the bin. I've had enough. <laughs> the beer is shit. The bouncers are shit. You know, you stand up at the back, honestly, and, and you know, the bouncers look at you like you've pissed on their Christmas tree on fucking Christmas yeah. Eve or something. Like, it's just like, what war crime have I committed by standing <laughs> in? Get over it. Ten of the bastards, honestly. Oh, All of them desperate to a man to put their fist up your ass just to see what you're hiding from them. <laughs> a lot of them that can piss off. Place is awful. Find another venue, honestly. And if we're only doing oh. five to six hundred anyway, it gives a shit. Yeah, amazing. I can keep the venue, just put the security in the bin. And the yeah. beer while you're yeah. The security yeah. in the bar and that, that needs to go. Yeah. The venue is fine. It's just the security and, and the bar needs to go. But also yeah, seating at British Wrestling Sales. You know, when you've got like yeah. a signed seating at a British Wrestling Sales, no one ever knows where you're supposed to fucking sit. And it's like, you go up to everyone, it's like, well, I don't know. No numbers on seats or fuck all. And you're just like, oh, okay, then I'll just go and sit on the front row then. You know, see, so yeah, you like yeah, that. And yeah. it's just, and that's always really bad at your call. It's got like um, a number on it that was has probably been on that seat from some boxing card from 2012. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just, it's just always really annoying oh, when yeah. you get there and you're made to look like a fucking idiot running around looking for your seat. Yeah, that's it. Um, if I could find the bastard, if he was a wrestling fan, he pulled a knife out and have, have a fucking word with him and the chaos he's caused since then. <laughs> like, honestly, 
Uh, hidden in his wallet. Um, yeah. yeah, apparently that's that's where we all keep our knives. But yeah, I've got I've got a big one then for you, lads. It's it, it, it it's with a heavy heart to say this, but I'm putting it in the bin for 2022. Let's see if I stick to it. Brit Res is dead. Let's put it in the bin, lads. I'll make a I'll make a deal. I'll make a deal with all of the gotten to wrestlers and promoters. If you stop ending your shows with, you think Brute Res is dead? Well, look at all this talent we had on this show in front of 50 people. Oh. And if you stop with your, you know, oh, Brute Res is dead, is it? Photos of your, you know, your venue with uh, with people dressed up as seats. If you all stop, I'll stop. How about that? You know, let's just, let's draw a line under it. As a wise man, Jeff Ogden once said, you know, the conversation's done now. It is, you know, there's no, there's no debate. The Brit Res that, that we knew, the top-level Brit Res, the Rev Pro Progress, Fight Club Pro, you know, pushed era, the one that everyone across the world lost. It's dead. We've got a new scene now. There are British wrestling promotions out there still, you know, that are that are running, and, the, you know, there are family promotions that do, that do well enough. I think the debate is settled. Can I put Brit Res in the dead bit, in, 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 Res is dead in the bin, or am I going to be saying it again next month on the next show? Um <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it's you should like stick to it. No, you should. You should do a sponsored. Like I'm, I'm gonna stop saying Brit Rest is dead for like, the whole yeah. year. Brit Rest is alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's like I went through Twitter today. I searched the term. I don't know why I did it. It was a mistake. Um, I think it was oh. getting get ready for this. So there's so many. Right. Oh, you think Brit Rest is dead? Is it? And it's like some promotion that ran two shows in February and doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> like I'll take my victories. You guys, you guys take your victories. Yes, some of your promotions do still exist you know the family promotions are doing all right um and we'll all we'll all go our separate ways i think jeff will like that andy if we put that in a bit i think that's a fair response uh ben no i i i totally agree with that i don't all agree because well. i had a t-shirt designed for this stuff so no we're dragging <laughs> this fucker out frankly well, actually yeah we might need it for promotional well, material exactly maybe i'll take this back <laughs> But uh, Brit podcasting isn't dead, though, is it, Benno? Let's That's just, uh, true. Let's just... Yes. <laughs> we'll always live. We'll always live. Yeah. <laughs> like cockroaches in the nuclear war, that'll be us, Brit Ref podcasting. <laughs> Very much alive and well. <laughs> uh, are they too easy to target? Mark Journos, they can all get chucked in the fucking bin. Fire. <laughs> oh, they, they serve no purpose. Yep. They can all get it's in Carlos, there. mates. Yeah. Kip Sabian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, actually, yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. And what the fuck is going on with him with that box on his head pretending like he, it's fucking 2011 and he's Shia LaBeouf again? Yeah, that fucking shit can get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'll be, I'll be honest, Martin. I didn't know about the box stuff. It was just more of a general comment. But, like, especially after hearing that, it's like, oh, my God. If he's doing a Shia LaBeouf gimmick, like, that's not going to work, is it? No, well, the fact that you've not even heard about it, JP, I think speaks volumes about how it well does. it's working. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is one that can get in the bin for most promotions, camera work, shine. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Can it, yeah. Yeah, please get in the bin. Your aversion to using a good hard cam. There was there was one last weekend. Um, Pro Wrestling Eve put it on YouTube, like an out of three yeah. hour of their show. Don't get me wrong, wrestling was good, but the camera operator had um, you know a tick to just pressing the zoom function on the camera. It's like you've been kneading the face while watching it. it was fucking, <laughs> fucking dreadful. And also use your hard cam as well. Yeah. 
It's not hard. I went to the Fiction Warehouse and they just attached a camcorder to a pipe and filmed it <laughs> as I stood on a ladder underneath it. And do you know what? No fucker complained. Hey, I feel like there's a lot of money left on the table. JP could do fucking uh, camera classes for most of Brit wrestling. Make a fortune out I of that. You know, there's all these wrestling schools. He could add a, an added-on class uh, well, JP's camera lessons. <laughs> I think I think you'd probably be better at it than me for that. I, I, <laughs> I I'd just be it. telling him, set up the camera, the white balance, and go, right, leave it alone. Oh, I might well zoom in. No, the ring is there. People need to watch this. Don't, don't pretend you work for New Japan. Now is not the time. <laughs> Audio balancing as well while we're on about technical oh, difficulties. Yeah. Fuck me. If I my telly has to be on like two for you know, like on the volume settings for me to have a have a Brit Rest show on, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. I'll just take some Brit Res worth watching on tape um, before we get into the technical <laughs> side of things. That's but you know, that's my wish for 2022. <laughs> Oh. Any uh, any final ones? Any sort of like notable mentions that anyone wants to uh, throw in there? Oh, are we gonna are we gonna close the the lid, chuck it off a cliff, fire a missile at it, and I've done with it? Put in my, my purple bin, mate. It can uh, it can fire yeah. off into, <laughs> into space. Let's go. Well, it definitely disappear <laughs> because your sketchy neighbour will nick that bin. <laughs> what? That's it. While their dog does a shit on your doormat. <laughs> and is there a better metaphor for, for continuing to cover in Brit Resin 23? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But hey, we're here for another year. Um, now we've done sort of like getting the bin. I did actually want to say there was the, a big bright spark for me from wrestling Brit Res in 2021. And that name goes by the name of Michael Oku. Easily mm. one of the best at the minute for me, beating tags with Connor Mills against Aussie Open singles against Mike Bailey or Will Ospreay. I know there's not a lot to sort of like shout about in Brit Rest or Euro Rest, but that guy was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. last year. And I feel not enough people are talking about him. So I feel like, you know, to the yin, to the yang, you know, we've, we've thrown a lot of stuff in the bin, but someone who was a, you know, a, a real bright spark of uh, Brit Rest last year was Mike Loco. I just wanted to uh, get that in there. So, someone someone who I think as well, for uh, quite another one for uh, 2022, who I'll put in the good pile. We'll he'll do well in twenty two. He's a man like Derice. He's got mm. he's a re- really good wrestler. Got a great character. Lovely lad. Sky's the limit for him. Enjoy his work. I was going to say Luke Jacobs is a single. I was talking about yeah. Alan Farrell last night. Like it, it's it's obviously it's it. I hope Ethan Allen gets back as as soon as he's kind of fit and well and able to. But Luke Luke Jacobs is a single. There's a lot of sort of untapped potential there, and I think he would add for those people around the country. I'm thinking primarily in the south. Like I'd I'd love to see him kind of as a big presence on the scene. As well as the likes of even I've never seen him like a Brady Phillips. I, yeah. That's one of the things I'd love to see in 2022. A lot of the people that that you get to see in the north and the northwest in particular, able to see them down south. Yeah, Bra- Brady, Brady Phillips and Will Cruz, they're, they're yeah. the two lads who, who, and Ivy as well, who all need to be down south and be everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've only been shouting it for four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's Brit Res, but always behind the times. No, I'm with that. I think, you know, the likes of them, I think 
Luke Jacobs was going to be one for me. Like I'm made up, you know, as we talked about earlier on the show, to see him on on your call um, in in a prominent match against RKJ. I think that's great. I want to see those two lads kind of be the focus of Rep Pro this year. I want to see mm. a healthy uh, Ethan Allen as well. I think that's another big uh, yeah. wish for 2022. But just on that note, yeah, I want to see those lads dominating um, Rev Pro and mm. you know whatever the other at the end of the year, whatever the other equivalent promotions are at uh, at that level. I want to see RKJ be be Rev Pro champion. I want, them, I want to see them pull the trigger on that. You know, let's let's end the you know the over reliance on on New Japan that's been happening for the last five years. I understand you know why now of all times they they would be and why they've they've you know kept the belt on Osprey so far. But I think you know all that great work they did this last year Rev Pro, which has been one of the the few bright spots from 2021. You know the fact that they've kept their head above water and have uh, I think have conducted themselves uh, really well um, and done some great rebuilding. I think that the I don't know, the payoff to that rebuilding has to be, you know, Crown and RKJ as your top guy. I, I definitely want to see that in mm-hmm. 2022. Yep, definitely. Definitely agree there. Right, lads. Uh, I feel like uh, that was a good therapy session for us all. But, uh, before, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> before we head out of here, uh, JP Benno, what's uh, been going off in Grapple Towers um, at oh. the start of this year? Go on, JP, I'll let you do it. Oh, wow. Well, we're, we're kind of hitting the ground running, really. Um, we're going to be doing a uh, William Regal mixtape this week. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be oh. a hell of a lot of fun. Basically, putting seeing all of these great matches, the classic Davy Boy Smith match, the Marty oh, Jones yeah. match we all talk about, the Shinya Hashimoto match that everyone who's listened to this has seen and seen many times over. So... <laughs> We're going to get to go in into those so it's going to be a fascinating kind of discussion around that so that's going to be up on there um hey jp have you got the uh that classic sort of like tv title feud yeah with arn anderson in there god that's oh my god i remember watching that as a kid and being like wow this is the wrestling that i want to watch in the future i don't think we have no you thank god you haven't because it fucking bored me to tears <laughs> I, as a kid All these i was terrified for a minute regal didn't live through that fuck me that was awful <laughs> it was I don't a, say no. Go on. No, I agree. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can hear us uh, more about that over on uh, patreon.com slash grapple. Uh, me and JP will be doing our, our weekend show this weekend as well. Yeah. We got a, we're going to be doing a look back on uh, might be notable to people uh, here as well uh, at the uh, WWE UK uh, tournaments from uh, from five years ago this month, mm. unbelievably. Um, and we all decided the uh, starting Brit Res podcast was a good idea. And yeah, here we are <laughs> still are five years later. So, you know, uh, we're outlasting some. So I'll take that. But it's- yeah, we'll be covering that as well, won't we, JP? Yep, we have. And, and also now we've got T-shirts. Um, ah. Grapple.bigcartel.com, I think it is. <laughs> um, yes, white and black, like nice little, nice classy grapple design on there. So, yeah, go, go to those. I'm plugging all sorts of shit here. The daily updates with some nonsense, um, which normally involves TBL Packer, who's certainly someone to, to watch in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? What's been going off in Graps and Clapsland? Um, yeah, throwing bombs at Brit Rest. Um, <laughs> we, we, well, we um, did a review of TNT's Ignition Rumble uh, with our Jeff Benno and uh, Grapple Gareth um, this past weekend. Also got um, doing a first trip to uh, Leicester for Wrestling Resurgence, uh, which which I'm really looking forward to, I've got to say. Mm. Uh, also going to be doing Rev Pro um, Your Call at the end of the month and... In between that, me, myself and uh, my co-host, uh, Chris Wilson, 
uh, are starting our deep dive into WCW 2000 uh, oh, with WCW sold out. Um, oh. Yes, I've, I've watched the TV uh, running up up to this pay per view. It is fucking terrible. I I have a two hour. WCW um, Millionaires Club versus New Bloods Japanese DVD ripped. I need to send you. It's it's like staring into the abyss, mate. If you've <laughs> if you've you have never seen as many chair shots in a two hour period as this. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to borrowing that one, JP. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on its way to you now. What's worse though, NXT 2.0 or uh, WCW 2000? According to uh, the Professor Chris Ely, he said um, NXT 2.0 is giving uh, WCW 2000 a good run for its money. You can get some perverse entertainment out of WCW yeah. 2000, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> is worse, the Jeff Jarrett stuff on top. Ah, I'll watch that any day over uh, NXT 2.0. Kevin that over Art Attack, the wrestling company. Ke- yeah, exactly. Kevin Nash's general manager putting oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> As little effort as possible. Glorious stuff. (laughs) And uh, as for me, uh, me and WH um, talked what I realized while talking through it with WH was the greatest wrestling match of all time. Um, That's I think that's going to be up on the main post feed on Saturday, of course, talking about Kenta Kabashi and uh, Misawa from Noah March 2003. I'm, I've always been a coward with picking stuff like this and like all-time favourite films and having to narrow them down into top fives and that. But watching this again and discussing it, it's just pure perfection. I mean, that Maltenot crowd, the two gladiators going around one last time, brilliant story, brilliant wrestling, five stars all day. Yeah, so we'll be sure to check that out on Saturday. I think that one drops. And uh, shout out to my uh, Bushby and Thompson uh, co-host Andrew Thompson he uh, dropped a fantastic interview with Janae Kai on um, on his YouTube so be sure to check that out this week and also bit of a teaser we're going to be having some massive news coming in the next couple of weeks from all of us so be uh, sure to uh, look into that and uh, be excited about that when it comes out but thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next month